You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for Tauntauns and Twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey baby, what's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. But, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, <laughs> you know? I have a headset, it looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone. <laughs> we do a podcast? What the fuck? Welcome to Fan Holes, young Skywalker. Thank you, Master. It is an honor to be one of you. Now hold on one second. You may be on this podcast, but we do not grant you the rank of fanhole. What? That's outrageous. It's unfair. How can I be on the podcast and not be a fanhole? Hell if I know. I've been asleep, motherfucker. Now sit your punk Padawan ass down, Annie McWhiney bitch. We got important stuff to talk about, like pop culture, science fiction, and comic books. You fan holes are jealous. You're holding me back. I hate you! Greetings and salutations, fan holes listeners. We are back again with another brand new episode of Fan Holes, the podcast for fans by the fans. Got a cool little show for you tonight. Um, we're doing another one of our Franken shows. I have heard that if you don't listen to our show, you hate these. So if you listen, you should be all right. Um, <laughs> that's your your hate has made you powerful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just mash up the emperor in like a 1930s guy. Your hate has made you powerful, see? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're, we're already in the mood tonight. I can tell that. Jeez. Um. We're going to go over a couple of cool things tonight. We're gonna, like we said, we call these a little bit of a Franken show. Uh, we have the uh, DC Reboot Comics. We were asked to try these out by some of the other fan holes. You're going to have uh, me, Mike, and Brian going over some issues. I'll, I'll go over to the, the actual issues when we come to the actual topic. Uh, but first, we're going to be talking about Warehouse 13. This is a show that's airing on Sci-Fi currently. It's one of their original shows, uh, unlike Stargate or what have you. Uh, it's a pretty good show. Again, I don't want to give away too much about it, but uh, it's pretty enjoyable. I, I actually have seen more than a few episodes and kind of got into it a little bit. Pretty good stuff. Uh, we're also going to go over our favorite live-action Japanese sci-fi fantasy show that is not a Sentai show. That, that's right. We're not going to be talking about, well, possibly giant robots. There, there's, there's Sometimes they show up everywhere, so you never know. But we're going to be talking about that. And then finally, last but certainly not least... Um, the thing about movies, no matter how popular they are, if they have action in them, they're probably going to make a video game of it. Usually superhero movies are the main ones of this, but there have been a couple of other franchises that have spawned video games. So we're going to talk about our favorite ones of those. So to get this all started and all right, 
I will give you a little bit of a hint what maybe I'll be talking about later because I am Tony Chainclaw and gone, gone, this form of man, rise the demon Etrigan. Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. Hey, what's up? This is Derek WC, Derek Ichawawa. <laughs> hey, it's Mike Thunderwing. Yippee! <laughs> Hey, this is Grimlock, and I've wrestled whole countries. Wow. <laughs> Scott Steiner. Anyway, um, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, kick into high gear on this show. Uh, very eager to talk about some of this stuff, uh, especially at Warehouse 13 to start off with. What's that? An invitation to endless wonder. Okay. Could you sound a little more creepy? Read it. As I mentioned uh, just a few seconds ago, it is a show on sci-fi. It's been going on for a few seasons now. It's got a pretty cool cast. It's a lot of archetypes you wouldn't normally think would go together. It's not a completely serious show, but it's not a totally comedic show. They do a really good job of balancing everything out. Um, but it is mainly a sci-fi kind of action show. I mean, there's a lot of like cool little uh, scenes that they have about it. Um, I would go into the plot, but I kind of want... Uh, the other fan holes to uh, kind of chime in. I will go ahead and start with, I know, I think I can't remember if Derek or Mike were the ones who wanted us to kind of go into this. So I'm just going to start with Derek. Uh, I know you're a big fan of warehouse 13. So yeah, I like, I like the show a lot. I mean, I, I, I know we may have briefly discussed it uh, when it was one of Justin's awesome things for the week. Cause I, I sort of recommended the show to him, but I mean, to me, if I was going to give the Hollywood pitch, to any listeners who haven't seen Warehouse 13, I, I kind of look at it as a combination between, like, the artifacts in Raiders of the Lost Ark or Indiana Jones combined with, like, the the, the proceedings of the X-Files. You know, you've got these guys that are considered warehouse agents, you know, and the warehouses house all these, you know, essentially, you know, science fiction-esque uh, you know, supernatural-ish artifacts. And, you know, the artifacts can be, you know, like, for instance, like the one of my uh, favorite episodes is like the comic book episode where uh, you've got the, the characters, you know, some of the actors from Firefly, um, but the guy's got the belt of, you know, Jacob Kurtzberg or, you know, Jack Kirby. So, you know, and that belt as an artifact when he, you know, wears the belt, it gives the user the superpowers and everything. And so, like, there's always different, you know, various artifacts on the show. And their job is just to track those down and keep people, you know, from getting harmed by them and stuff like that. And there's a definite kind of, you know, chemistry between, uh, it's like Pete Latimer is like the, the male character, the, the agent. And uh, then... Uh, <clears throat> Like he, he kind of reminds me a lot of Ben Browder on, um, on Farscape. Like he, he's kind of like, he's written that way where he, you know, he's, he's kind of like, uh, you know, he's a dude's dude, you know, and, and everything like that. And he kind of has a lot of funny witty lines and is always kind of, you know, chummy with, with the girl character whose name is Micah Baring. And Micah's kind of like, you know, she's more like the, the Scully-ish type character. You know, she's a little more straight-laced, a little more intellectual, whereas, you know, the character Pete goes out more on his, you know, he's more intuitive. You know, he's more the Mulder type character where he's like, oh, I've got a, you know, he's always talking about how he's got bad vibes about things. And that's supposed to, you know, they, they intimate that that's part of his 
you know, special, you know, like nature, you know, like he's got a little enhanced kind of senses where he can kind of, you know, sense when stuff like that is, is going down. Um, you know, obviously like it's, it's, you know, uh, created by, or the pilot was written by, um, uh, uh, Rock S. O'Bannon, who also worked on Farscape too. And I remember I was, it was funny cause uh, when, when the pilot came on, I think my dad was watching it in another room and I was kind of busy at the time. So I didn't have the time to sit down and watch it, but I could just hear it, you know, like, cause I was working on something in the other room and I could already like tell, like I'm all, whatever this is, this sounds cool. Like this sounds kick ass. So like when I was actually free to like sit down and watch it, I did. And I caught up. I think I watched like the first, you know, three episodes of the first season in a row. And I was like, oh, this show kicks ass. Like, I like this. This is going to be good. And, uh, you know, it's been on for three seasons. It's had, uh, you know, like the the third season just had, uh, you know, Captain Janeway was on for for Star Trek Voyager fans and stuff. And, uh, you know, I I enjoy the the series a lot. Um, And, uh, you know, if you remember. And also has uh, Rene Abajanois, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Odo, Odo was on the show too. Um, you know, uh, I, I think I think one of the standouts. She wasn't in. She wasn't in all the episodes in the initial run, but uh, they they also have kind of like uh, uh, Claudia Donovan as a character, and that's uh, she's played by Allison uh, Scagalotti, and like she's she's pretty cool. Like she's been on like she was like one of the Wonder Twins on uh, on Smallville and stuff like that, and like I I enjoy her character, and like she works a lot with the uh, the I guess their you know, their boss, who's Artie Nielsen. Um, and, like, you, you might remember, I don't know, what I remember him most from, like, he's a character actor. He's been in tons of movies and everything. But, like, what I remember him most from is uh, the movie True Romance. Like, so I, I, I kind of, I don't know why. I guess it's just one of those things where it always stands out to me because he was kind of like the, the, you know, crazy, like, movie producer or whatever that was, like, trying to buy the Coke from... Um, <laughs> The, the stash of coke from uh, Christian Slater or whatever, you know? And, then, you know, it's like he, he, he kind of goes ape shit at the end of that movie where he's like, I treated you like a son and you fucked me! You know, and he's just like <laughs> going ape shit on, uh, on Pierce, or on, uh, what's his face, Pin- Bronson, uh, Bronson Pinchot because he, he wears a wiretap and everything, you know? He's all fucking pissed at him and everything. So, like, I the, that that performance that he gave in that always stood out to me. So I was like, oh, I remember him, and he's he's great on the show, too, and everything. Um, so, I, I you know, like I said, I, I have nothing but good things to say about the show. Um, so, I mean, if anybody else wants to chime in or, you know, has anything else to add about, you know, what, what kind of what they thought about the show and everything. I was going to say, uh, Derek, one of the things I, I really kind of got into as far as, like, I've really gotten into like atmosphere and stuff about shows and stuff. And one of the things I really appreciate about it is how they do a really good job of doing very mundane kind of things. Like, you know, it's just them sometimes just hanging around the warehouse talking. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're like, oh, by the way, we have to go get the Trident of Poseidon and shit, you know? And I, I just kind of like the fact that they actually seem like they actually are friends instead of just this kind of forced upon group and stuff. I mean, I mean, am I the only person who kind of thinks that's kind of like a cool dynamic, or what? That that all of them are sort of coming together as a team, or yeah, yeah, they they don't. They, I mean, they obviously don't know each other before they came about as like the warehouse thirteen people, but as the show has gone along, 
they oh, seem they, to yeah, yeah, you kind of see the progression of, of how they start. You know, obviously, like, the two agents didn't know each other, and they didn't know Artie, and then, you know, they now they're kind of like... I, I think by this third season, now they've progressed to the point where they're kind of like a big family, almost, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like that yeah. Firefly thing, yeah. And that's one of the things I like about it. Like, one of the things I really liked about the show from the get-go was just the characters themselves, like... Um, Pete and Micah, like you kind of expect them to like do a Mulder and Scully thing where they like they eventually sleep each other. But I think it works best where it's just like they're so in tune with each other that they can like you know predict what the other is going to do, and they're just you know they're just like brothers and sisters. Yeah, because yeah, there's like one episode where like their memory has been fudged with or something, and it's like they know like. In order to, for themselves to figure this out in the future, like they they pretty much just like take off all their clothes and get in bed. So they wake up naked and they're like, "Whoa, what happened? Like we would never do this." Yeah, so yeah. There must be some reason why we did this, and you know, but from there they figure it out because they know they would never do that. But. Yeah, there's lots of good uh, good hooks in the episodes, like where something like really weird happens and you're just kind of like, "What the fuck happened?" You know, and you want to keep you know watching to the next commercial break to sort of find out the little clues and, and hints along the way to find out like what the what the deal is, you know. Yeah. I also like how it's shot. It has a lot of the those sepia tones that kinda like Indiana Jones has. You know, the way the like I don't know, filters are done and stuff. When they're in the warehouses anyway. It has kind of a dark look but not totally dark. I don't know. That's just an aesthetic thing. Uh what about what about you, Mike? Have you watched a couple episodes or um, I only got a chance to watch one episode, and, like, I vaguely recall Derek, like, mentioning something about a Jack Kirby episode, so that's the one I looked for <laughs> and I watched, and, uh, um, I thought it was okay, but, um, it was probably not the best episode for me to watch, because it was, I guess, it was, like, the second episode of the second season, and, like, there were a lot of, like, plot threads running, and I'm like, wait, what? Why is this guy being haunted by a ghost? Like, what just happened? Like, and I was kind of, like, confused at some of the subplots, but, you know, I caught on eventually, but, like, you know, obviously I don't know, like, the deeper meaning behind anything. But, uh, you know, a gener- I, the, the A plot, which, you know, the, the uh, with Jack Kirby's belt was uh, pretty entertaining. And, yeah, like uh, Derek said, it had, uh, what's-her-face, uh, Jewel State and uh, Sean Mayer in it, from both from Firefly. So that was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, it seems like a show I'd like, but I'd probably have to start watching it from the beginning because I was kind of like, uh, wait, what? I was trying to play catch-up when I should have been, like, you know, enjoying the show, sort of. So I guess I guess it's one of those like serialized shows that like yeah, you know, ex- yeah, ex- executives think... like hate and stuff. So they like every season they usually have like one overall story and you'll get like bits and pieces of it like scattered throughout like every other episode or something like that's that's kind of how the series like runs overall I guess. So I guess it is something you would probably need to start from episode one to to really like appreciate. You know the the other thing that I wanted to talk about before I forget for it. Um evaporates from my mind is i love cch pounder like in in this show and like she she does the voice of amanda waller on like a lot of the justice league cartoons but it's like she is like amanda waller on that television series like they should have just i don't know like that's the one thing like whenever they cast amanda waller whether it's uh you know in green lantern or smallville or whatever i know it was like you know, it was like they uh, try to make her hot now. Yeah. No, I, but well, I mean, I, I, yeah, maybe I guess you're right. I mean, it's like it's Pam Greer and um, 
why can I never remember the other uh, the other actress's name? She was Tina Turner, but I can't think of her name. Like the the other one they cast in Green Lantern, but Angela Bassett. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you know, Angela Bassett and and um, and and Pam Greer were both cast as Amanda Waller. But I was like, you know, CCH Pounder, like she just, I don't know. To me, it's like she is Amanda Waller, you know. So yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying she's not a trad or anything like that, but she has more of a Amanda Waller build, if you will. Well, but even no, even more. even more than that, like I think she's more much more commanding, like especially on this series, you know, like when she comes into the room, like she she owns the room, you know, and you know she's the freaking boss. Like it's like she comes in and she's like, "What's going on, Pete?" You know, and you're just kind of like, "Oh <laughs> crap!" You know, and it's like the way that I, I love the relationship that they have because it's like you know that they care about her, but like there's like a funny thing in the third season where I think it was like the the Christmas episode where he's like all happy and he's like hugging everybody and like he actually is like hugging her and he's like close to her bosom and all this other stuff and it's just this odd moment of everybody's like, "What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, are you yeah. crazy?" Because like how much of a sort of you know. Intimidating presence she has, and and how highly they regard her in terms of her authority, you know. So yeah. it was kind of like a really kinda funny like a moment. moment. Yeah, she's still the boss. Yeah, exactly. And real quick, um, I want to go ahead and acknowledge the fact that Brian said he hasn't had a whole lot of chance to watch Warehouse 13. Have you gotten a chance to watch any episodes at all, or are you just kind of behind on it? Um, I've only got a chance to see none episodes. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds geeky enough that it'd be something I'd be interested in watching if I had the time, but um, as Mike said, it'd be something I'd want to start with season one, episode one, so I could, you know, make sure I caught everything as I was going through it. Fine. Uh, I I guess you can tell by the way we've talked about it. It is a really good show. It's it's definitely worth checking out. I probably have not seen as much as uh, Justin and Derek. Um, I've probably seen about, I'd say probably about nine or so episodes, maybe ten or so episodes. And even though Mike is right, it is it is a pretty serialized show. I mean, there is a couple episodes I saw that you could jump on. I, I do want to kind of go back and start from the beginning to have a fresh perspective on it. But I, I do know what's going on. Like Derek said, you know, they're treasure hunters. They're making sure people don't get the wrong shit and use it for evil. So, hey, that's always a good plot, plot line. So. Hey, Justin, um, did you, you want to talk about H.G. Wells at all or – Oh, yeah. I, know, I know you're kind of a, a fan of that. Like, so. Yes, I, I, I absolutely love that character, H.G. Wells. Um, I said this on a few other previous podcasts, but, you know, I, I love the, you know, those characters that like uh, Spike on Buffy and Angel or Jane on Firefly that you don't know, you don't know where their allegiance lies. You don't know what they're going to say or do next. You know, like they, they have no filter between like their brain and their mouth. And H.G. Wells is that character for, uh, for Warehouse 13, and I absolutely love that character. And uh, the character has like a really great arc to me because she she kind of starts out, you know, kind of like as a bad guy, and then she kind of you know she kind of goes back and forth. And I guess like one of my favorite episodes from the series so far is the last episode of season two, where you know she has that pitchfork. She's basically gonna try and destroy the world. Um, like I don't want to spoil it for the guys that haven't seen it, but I really like the resolution to that episode. Like, you kind of figure it's going to end one way, but the way they kind of, you know, resolve it, like, I thought that was really good. And, and they had I, a lot of, I saw that, so they had a lot of good arty scenes at the uh, at the finale with that. Yeah, it was very, like, emotional, you know, heavy with the crying and tears and stuff, but, uh, you know, she shows up 
uh, a little bit in season three, like not as much as in season two, but she uh, she has like a kind of an important role, like in the last few episodes. That I'm really looking forward to see how they resolve that in this upcoming season. Hey, um, is it how many episodes are each season so far? Uh, I think they're mostly like thirteen. Am I wrong? Yeah, I'll say twelve or thirteen, something like that. Yeah. There, yeah, there's twelve, and then there's usually like a Christmas episode for thirteen. Oh, that's cool. I yeah, thought it was going to be. Show, yeah. That seems like something I could catch up on easily. So. Yeah, sci-fi shows usually don't do like the whole like network thing of like twenty-four or so episodes. They usually do about twelve per season. So. It's usually easy, pretty pretty much easy to catch on. Uh, I do not know this, however. Uh, Derek or Justin could probably fill our animals listeners on. On. I know they've got two seasons completely done. Um, are any of those out on DVD yet? Amazon has season one. Cool. Season cool. season one and two are out on DVD. Season three isn't out yet. Okay, cool. Yeah, I knew season three just wrapped up or is about to wrap up. I haven't had a chance to watch too much of that, but I knew it's a very current or very recent season, so I didn't figure they had that out on yet. Uh, I don't know DVD yet. So. Yeah, I'm not sure when season four will start, <laughs> but uh, according to like Sci-Fi, they've increased the episode order, so season four will actually be 20 episodes instead of like Ooh, the usual wow. 12, 13. Must be doing well. Cool. That's Stargate good. numbers. <laughs> um, awesome, awesome. That, that is actually good news. Um, I go. I would definitely check it out, Brian. I, I think you would probably actually enjoy it a lot. So that's all I have to say about it. What about you, Justin? Any recommendations, or maybe for Mike, maybe a episode that he can maybe jump on if he doesn't want to go from the beginning, just to maybe get more of an idea of it. Um, no, I think I would just you know reiterate and say start from the beginning, kind of like see where it all begins you know it, it would be like trying to tell somebody like where to jump into in x files to try and get an idea of what's going on you know you really kind of need to see the beginning to like figure out what what's going on exactly because some of that stuff becomes important later on and you know like you know kind of like derek i want to know the origin of like things like i want to see the first episode see how it all begins and you know like just how the characters evolve from the beginning and stuff Cool, cool. All right. Um, so as far as the fan halls go, definitely check it out. Um, it is currently uh, a sci- sci-fi show, so you could ch- definitely uh, see reruns. And, of course, there are the DVD sets out. So if you want to pick those up, go ahead. I know who you are. You're that Jonah Hex. Congratulations. We're going to go ahead and move along. We had kind of a mini, not really dare, not like last, uh, last episode, more of a... Uh, I guess you say a request or a uh, you know idea for some comics to read. Uh, as you are all hopefully well aware of, if you read comics, uh, DC had a reboot uh, a couple of months back. They pretty much took all their titles and said, well, not all, but the vast majority. There's a couple that kind of stayed with their continuity that they have been having. But by and large, the bulk of DC was rebooted. Um, they started with 52 new, ep- uh, new uh, issues, new uh, titles. Uh, some of them had similar uh, titles that they have had, like All-Star Comics and all that stuff. But a couple of them were totally brand new. Uh, we got a couple of those. We have one that actually has had the same name it has been printed under before. And for this, we had me and Mike and Brian reading our respective issues. Um, Mike had All-Star Western. I got Demon Knights. And our good friend Brian got Resurrection Man. Uh, me, myself... I'm just going to go off on a limb. These were suggested by uh, Justin and Barrett, by the way. <clears throat> so I'm going to go with Brian first, just because 
Resurrection Man sounds really interesting. I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to see what you thought about it, Brian. What, what did you think of your uh, comic you had to read? Um, I, I liked it pretty well. Um, I think I was chosen for this one because I am a Abnett and Lanning fan, and that's who's written by, uh, written by Dan Abnett, Abnett and uh, Andy Lanning. Um, and uh, it's kind of good to get a bad taste out of my mouth because I think the the last DNA book I read was um, Annihilators. And I'd, I'd had high, high hopes for that, and it turned out to be pretty crappy. So I didn't enjoy that. So to read Resurrection Man, uh, it, it was good to see another good book by those two. Um, I, I don't know much about the history of Resurrection Man before the reboot, but, um, you know, it's basically a guy who every time he dies, you know, he, he's resurrected again. And each time he comes back, he has a new power. So that, that was pretty interesting. Um, one part I was kind of leery of, it's kind it, it reminded me a little bit of like Spawn almost, where, you know, he has both heaven and hell kind of like gunning for him, and he's on the run, and, you know, he's got angels attacking him, and demons attacking him. So, I mean, when Spawn first came out, it kept my attention for like three weeks as a 14-year-old boy. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how long Resurrection Man could keep me interested if that's where the, the main story's going. But for what I read, it was well written. There's plenty of like fan service with uh, I think they're called the body doubles. But yeah, basically, so. yeah, but that, that's what's funny about that is I've never actually read the the pre reboot Resurrection Man myself. Um, but I did read there the the body doubles. I think had like a mini series, and then like they were part of like a. Uh, some kind of like villain special. It was like New Year's Evil or, you know, some kind of, I forget what it was called, but it was some kind of event I remember where all the villains got one shots and they, they had a DNA written, you know, the body doubles had a DNA written one shot. So it seems like they're, uh, I guess, you know, pet characters or babies of, you know, of, of Abnett and Lanning, you know, that, that they kind of, uh, you know, kept along in this reboot and book. <clears throat> Yeah, they they kind of held my interest more so than the other villains um, um, of the book because one, they're mostly in their panties and bras, and two, um, you know, they weren't <laughs> angels and they weren't demons. They kind of seemed like a, you know, third party. I wasn't quite sure, you know, where they're coming from. So it's kind of mysterious why they're there and why they're gunning for Resurrection Man. So I did enjoy those two. That's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like that's why I picked Resurrection Man because I knew you liked you know, the Abnett and Lanning stuff. And I knew you were fond of like, you know, reading Nova and um, Guardians of the Galaxy and things like that. So I had hoped that, you know, that might translate even, even the, the, the uh, Legion Lost thing too was another, you know, that's a little more cosmic. And I know this is Resurrection Man is less cosmic, but I thought still the same kind of flavor uh, might uh, appeal to you. So I'm glad you at least enjoyed it. Yep. I, I would add two cents, but I'm a poor researcher and didn't read my other fellow panels titles, so I have no idea what's going on in Resurrection Man. But it sounds pretty cool. Um, awesome, awesome. I uh, might want to check that out myself. I want to wait for Mike to be the last one because he is a uh, very knowledgeable comics fan, so I, I think his insight on his title will probably be more interesting than mine. So I'll go ahead and go next. Uh, I had Demon Knights, which uh, I was kind of curious about, and... Uh, Derek and Justin, you know, they decided, like, you know, hey, well, why don't you go ahead and read them? So I did. Uh, <laughs> I uh, read the first issue, which was pretty much a – it's a team book, obviously, with the uh, title Knights in uh, plural. 
basically what you you get is a couple of well-known uh supernatural dc characters joining forces in more or less medieval times and more or less forming almost kind of like a jla of the magical types <laughs> if you will um is written uh, by Paul Cornell, and I hope I get this name right, but I think it's Diogenes Neves. I could be wrong. Um, but, oh, uh, for the very... for the art team, yeah, I'm I, yeah, I'm not sure how you pronounce that correctly. Yeah, I think I got the first name right, but the last one is really yeah messing with me. But uh, the artwork is beautiful. I love the artwork in this. <clears throat> it's very detailed and. Uh, I'm not really familiar with the art artist, but uh, he seems like he was just made to uh, do this kind of medieval Conan sword and sorcery stuff. So uh, that was really cool. Um, basically, to get into the actual comic, though, uh, it's basically based with Etrigan being more or less the uh, main character. Uh, if you don't know who Etrigan is, he's been featured in not only comics and whatnot throughout DC's history... He's also been in the uh, Batman animated series. He was, I think, a Ursatz member of like the JLU. He kind of popped up here and there. Um, you know, he's a cool character. He's basically this uh, guy named Jason Blood, who is a uh, medieval knight, and he got bondage to a demon. Um, the Etrigan demon is funny because he's a prankster and kind of a mischievous sort. He's got a he's got a bad side to him. I mean, he can breathe fire, and he's strong as all get out. But he's definitely got a very cunning sense of humor about him. He rhymes pretty much everything he says. He's a rhyming demon, and that's one of his hooks. It, it's it's very fun to read his dialogue and whatnot. Also in the book, uh, the to round it out is it, pretty much kind of like a magnificent seven, if you will. Um, I got that from Wikipedia. I didn't come up with that myself. Um, <laughs> But there are there, there are, are, uh, there total, are uh, total, total seven uh, characters. Madame Xanadu, she's like a fortune teller and stuff in the current DCU. Uh, as this, she's she's you know been around for a little while. There, I mean, there's a lot of immortals kind of running around in this, and there's kind of a funny little love triangle between her and uh, Jason Blood and Etrigan, because <laughs> Xanadu is going out with Jason Blood. But it's definitely shown that she's more sexually attracted to Etrigan. <laughs> so there's that, which is kind of uh, amusing. Uh, Vandal Savage is probably one of the characters I was really surprised by. Because I don't know, really know if he's a hero or not in this, but he's definitely friendly towards these people. And in the DC Universe, he is more often than not shown to be a pretty you know, badass villain. He's like the immortal Vandal Savage. And in this one, he's more like a barbarian, kind of a yeah, almost a berserker kind of guy. It's kind of cool. There's also the Shining Knight, who, uh, again, is a different take. I think I could be wrong. I'm not as well versed on this, but I think this is the uh, Seven Soldiers of Victory version, like the female Shining Knight. Yeah, that's the Morrison yeah. version of the Shining Knight. Yeah, yeah. It used to, uh, if you ever watched, like, the uh, DCU, uh, DC Unlimited, uh, JLU, uh, excuse me. Uh, cartoon, the Shining Knight was more or less a guy who had like a wing horse. And, I mean, it uh, pretty much still holds true. It's just, it's a girl now. So, hey, nothing wrong with that. Uh, just kind of cool they, they decided to throw that in there. Uh, another character they show in the first episode, uh, first issue is uh, Al Jabbar, or Al Jabbar, which I kept thinking Kareem Abdul Jabbar, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's basically a thief. Uh, he doesn't get a whole lot of lines, but um, he's in it. 
I did a little bit of uh, research after this, and there's apparently a character called a horsewoman in Exoristos who uh, round out the team of Demon Knights. The first uh, issue is definitely very much an uh, establishing issue. You're bringing all these characters together, or most of them. And like one of the one of the nicest uh, scenes is pretty much Etrigan, Man of uh, Xanadu, and uh, Vandal Savage, pretty much just kind of hanging in a tavern and just kind of touching base with each other because they're all immortal and they've all known each other for so long. It's like you know, killed anybody lately? Yeah, yeah. How about you? You know, <laughs> it was just kind of a nice little. Uh, I don't know. It was kind of a nice little moment. You didn't really expect Vandal Savage to be the, the you know, so so you know friendly towards these people. But I guess, you know, at the same time, he's not talking to Superman and stuff. These uh, Etrigan and Madame Zandu are exactly what you would call your normal style heroes. They're not like, you know, going out and punching the bad guys. They're just kind of doing what they have to do. But obviously these these are going to be the heroes of the book, and we'll see how Vandal progresses during the run. I'll have to pick up some more issues. Yeah, as as, um, uh, Vandal yeah. has a big, like, character turn. Like, I think in the fourth issue, like, I won't spoil it for you, but you you kind of see more of his motives in like the last issue, and it's it's a pretty interesting turn. So I won't yeah. spoil it for you. Though. Yeah, I kind of I kind of tend to think <laughs> of it as like you know how uh, uh, Xavier was portrayed in First Class. Like I, I tend to think of the characters like that. It's like since it's like you're saying set in medieval times, you get to see not not only the lead characters, but I was also thinking of uh, Mordru. You know, one of the villains. You know, it's like it's like yeah. young Mordru. It's not like he's like the the weasoned old you know white haired you know guy who's kicking the legion of superheroes asses it's like he's he's kind of almost like you know on this chick's uh you know uh you know right hand finger and like wrapped around her finger you know doing all this stuff for her so it's like a lot of these characters are you know in a guy i'd say a younger you know more uh you know i guess stupid state of mind you know like they're they're not quite who they are in their prime, you know, and it's kind of interesting to see like, uh, you know, guys like Vandal Savage or Mordru or even, you know, people like Madame Xanadu, you know, like sort of, you know, before they sort of hit their prime or, or, or maybe how you're used to envisioning the characters. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. I, <clears throat> I will say I definitely enjoyed it. And um, also I think one of the reasons why you guys gave this to me is because I did a, uh, expound a fondness for Etrigan. So it was really cool seeing a book that was very much centered around him because I don't think he's had a solo title in like five or ten or fifteen years. I know he used to have one well, a long like, time. like five or maybe five yeah. or six because he had that, that Blood of the Demon book. Yeah, that that was not a good book. That was a John Byrne book. And it yeah. just, like the first two or three issues were pretty good, but it got really bad after that. Yeah. So no, like I, if, I, I regardless to me of whether it was good or bad, I was just kind of saying like he did he did have a solo book for a yeah. while like a couple of years ago. So Yeah, I remember the Demon Etrigan was a really good book though, for most of its run. I know it had a couple of spotty issues, but it was it was pretty good for most of it. But yeah, yeah. I yeah, I was just really happy to see like some of these characters that like you don't really see a lot. Um, it kind of reminded me a lot of uh, when Infinite Crisis was going on uh, of the Shadow Pact. Remember those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 yeah. interesting because a lot of people like I know you've brought up the Magic Justice League and stuff like that, but uh, you know most people kind of tend to think of the Justice League Dark book 
as that book. You know, like a lot of people said, oh, well, they could have called that book Shadow Pact, but they called it Justice League Dark, you know, for the marketability. So this book is called Demon Knights. I don't know. Who knows if that helps get Batman fans to buy it because it's got the word knight in the title. I don't know. But um, I, I would think... <laughs> well, I mean, Edrigan has been like a Batman character. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I, I would think that it would be of interest to, you know, fans of the DC Universe and then also, you know, maybe fans of Wonder Woman because you have that, you know, Amazonian woman who's running around as part of the... Excuse me, as part of the Magnificent Seven, you know, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, yeah. All I could say is uh, I did enjoy the first uh, issue, and I yeah, probably will uh, maybe check out the. Uh, it's up to like what five now or four? Uh, five issues, I think. Five. The, probably like this last month or week or whatever. Yeah, one thing. One thing I will. I will definitely say, if you want a badass cover for your first issue, like the first issue cover is just awesome. It's like Etrigan leaping at you with his like friggin'. I, okay, I hate to say this because you know. It's a little cliche, but it's very McFarlane-esque sword with all these, like, jagged edges and stuff. But, like, uh, Etrigan looks like he's about ready to just, you know, you know, whoop a bitch's ass, yo. Um, <laughs> but uh, all in all, I yeah, I did enjoy it. Uh, like I said, it was a very much a character-building issue, but honestly, sometimes those are some of my favorite ones just to kind of get to know everybody. So, yeah, I, had, I had no problem with that at all. Um, yes, Demonize 1, that was my comic. Not a bad comic, yeah. I would suggest it to anybody who likes, uh, especially Etrigan. So, uh, moving on along, we're going to go to, like I said, Mike is Mike. one of our uh, comic gurus. He is a well-read individual on the comic lore, and he had All-Star Western. So, uh, what was this all about, Mike? I, th- I think you're overselling me, Tony, because uh, maybe you could make that argument for, like, Marvel comics, but for DC comics, I'm I'm very <laughs> much behind the pack, so... But, you're, uh, hey, you're still you're still ahead of me. <laughs> I don't know about that, you know, but we'll see. Yeah, um, I had yeah, All Star Western, which basically starred uh, Jonah Hex, and it had uh, a back. The couple of the issues had a backup tale with El Diablo in it, which was okay, but uh, the the Jonah Hex tale was the main deal. Um, someone's gonna have to help me here. I I, I actually read it like a couple months ago, so I don't actually remember the creative team. Did do any of oh, you know it's, it? Oh, uh, it's Gray and Palmiotti. So yeah, yeah okay, that sounds yeah. Jimmy Palmiotti. Okay, yeah, that will. In whatever case, I liked the art, so yeah. Uh, is that Palmiotti or? Uh, uh, I'll look it up on Wiki real quick. I forgot who was who. Yeah, I think. And, and, I think that's the writing team, but okay, let me just double check. Uh, Moritat. <laughs> oh yeah, he had like only one name. Like I, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that it, Moritat? Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I liked the art in whatever case, so that that that'll balance out my ignorance of his name or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the art the art really fit. I like the art. Um, as for like the story, um, I'm ne- I've never been a real big like fan of westerns or like the setting at all of like you know the Wild West or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, like, on top of that, you know, I've, well, probably because of that, I've never really, like, warmed to the character of Jonah Hex. Like, uh, 
he's okay. I mean, I, I, he's okay. I don't hate him or anything, but I've just never really, I don't know. I just don't like the setting. So did, the did, uh, Derek's like, uh, expounding on the, uh, Gatling horse really throw you like all from one injury. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I know enough to not judge Jonah Hex by that <laughs> God awful movie. So, you know, but you know, I, like I like his appearances in like, you know, Batman, the animated series and JLU and Brave and the Bold. Uh, I really liked that uh, DC spotlight animated thing where he was voiced by uh, Thomas Jane. That yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's actually based on the, the Grand Palmiotti, uh, you know, an issue from that run. I think it's I want to say it's number 19, but I don't I don't remember off the top of my head. But like all those. Uh, to me, all those Gray and Palmiotti books are like pretty great, and I even I even like the original, the 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 one that ran for ninety two issues or so. Like I, I like all those uh, Jonah Hex books and stuff like that. But. Do you do you think uh, they 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 called this book All Star Western because they didn't want it associated with like Jonah Hex the movie or maybe like I don't <laughs> uh, yeah I don't I don't know like what the deal was, but. To, to me, I just thought, like, of it as a, a, hopefully it's just a, you know, a change in name only. And and that's so far, for the most part, that's kind of what I saw. <laughs> Except for, I'm kind of interested in what you thought of the, the first couple issues or, or whatever you read. Because I know you said you didn't like, like, or, or that you weren't, like, super into, like, westerns or the western setting. But they kind of transplanted Jonah into Gotham City for this. And to me, I was thinking, well, that's only got to help you know, get other people to read it. Yeah, like, you know, I, I was thinking I, yeah. of Batman fans or even somebody like you, like, what did you, what did you think about the whole transplant that, to Gotham City? Yeah, that, that definitely helped. And I also liked like Dr. Arkham as his like little sidekick. Right, kinda. Right, right. Like, yeah, that, that was kind of cool. Like, you know, he was like all like proper and stuff. And he's like, I know Mr. Hex, you know, we must do this and blah, blah. And Hex like, you know, just grunts and shoots someone or something. Right, you know? right, so I like, right. you know, but <laughs> I really liked that. And, uh, yeah, did for the most part, I enjoyed it. Like I, some some of the things are like you know it's it's kind of like when I'm reading something like with the Punisher in it or or really anything where it's just like you know this guy is like so good with guns that like when you send like thirty people with guns after him he kills every single one of them you yeah, know yeah it's it's kind of like yeah. like you know he him and Arkham are like holed up in that like building and they like send that whole like mass of people and like hex like pretty much kills them all but i was kind of like uh uh, hold on a minute you know but you know sometimes i can get past that and sometimes i can't but you know it it wasn't a major issue you know i enjoyed what i did read and uh i don't know if i don't think i'll follow it just because like i said i i the west the setting of a western has never really appealed to me but like i didn't hate it at all i thought i i enjoyed reading it yeah, unlike, unlike me, with like Etrigan, there wasn't really a character you'd really want to keep following. I I used to be kind of the same way as Mike. Like when I was growing up, like I was really into sci-fi, and my dad was more of like the guy who's into westerns and stuff. But I think it's one of those things that's like as you get older, you know, your taste your taste in things changes. Like lately, I've been getting more interested in uh, like western movies and especially comics. Like I went back and read probably 40 or 50 issues of like the previous Jonah Hex series and I really like that series. Yeah, that's that's a great like that you're talking about the pre-reboot series yeah. or okay. Yeah, cuz that's, that, that's a that's a that's a great book. I mean. Is that a Jonah Hex two gun mojo or No, no, no. They just had a flat out, you know, Jonah, Jonah Hex, Hex series before this reboot that ran for about I don't know, like 60 or 7 I don't know, 60 or well, 70 issues. 
What was the percentage of Gatling guns in that series? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna say zero, um, but yeah. Okay. I'm on board. <laughs> I really liked the art. Like I said, I thought the art like fit to a T. So, so. I, I think I'm kind of like Mike. I'm not a really big Western fan, but uh, the the horrible movie again, barring you know any kind of recognition. Uh, every time I've seen Jonah Hex pop up in the cartoons, like the DC uh, JLA cartoon or the uh, like, like Mike said, the Spotlight is a really great cartoon. I've really enjoyed the character, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, I might give it a shot. See, I, I, that's why I find funny is you guys love the Spotlight cartoon, and I'm kind of basically what what uh, you know what Justin's saying is all those issues he just read. Like that's where that Spotlight cartoon pretty much came from. I mean, you can you know you can say like, oh, dude, well Thomas Jane was really great as Hex, and you know you like the animation and stuff like that too. But the basic story was from you know Jimmy Palmiotti and. Uh, and uh, Justin Gray. So, I, I, you know, for me, I was just thinking, like, those are all pretty, you know, I think if you like that stuff, you you would probably like reading some of those <laughs> other comics. So, Yeah, well, I mean, I, I love the characterization, too. I mean, I think uh, Jane did a good job as far as the voice, and I think, the yeah, the animation was really good. But I, I really did like how how dark the story was. You know, Hex is not a very forgiving individual. <laughs> no. Oh. So yeah, I kind of I kind of dug that. That was that was pretty cool. So I yeah, I I, I kind of like that because he's to me it's it's kind of like Marv and Sin City or other characters. It's like it's like people might see them as a throwback or something, but like to me it's always refreshingly honest. It's kind of like what I'd really want to do. You know, like today I was driving home and there were these idiots blaring their you know mega stereo and like the cheapest piece of shit car you could ever find but they had these huge hoopty like big tires and everything you know and i was just like and to me i was just like if i had a rocket launcher i would just <laughs> and that'd be the end of it you know and like that's something i could see somebody like jonah hex doing you know where it's like uh all right you know you know or whatever but you know it's like yeah today you know it's like oh you have to be quote unquote civilized or whatever but it's not like the person running around blazing their music while they're on the road is being civilized you know so you know but anyway. I, I don't know i don't know about mike or uh, brian and I, I don't expect to put you and uh justin on the uh on the spot right now i'll definitely give you some time you can send me an email later but hey, if you guys want to throw another number one issue from the reboot and maybe do it for another podcast later on, I'd be glad to read another number one. I, I enjoyed my number one issue. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I would I would say to for me and Justin too, if there's anything that you guys want us to that you think we should check out, I would I would be willing to be the 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 you know the recipientee of of a suggestion to for a show if you guys would like. New Warriors. Actually, I was kind of interested to see the Flash reboot. Oh, there you go. That might be a cool one. I always did like the Flash myself. Does Justin still need to go? He didn't have one. Justin and I didn't have any comments. Okay. I was going to say, before we leave the topic, um, I was curious to you two, um, like, what book has shown the most improvement after 52? Like maybe a book that was mediocre or crappy that has turned out great since the reboot. And like maybe what are your personal favorites from the reboot? I, I really love Aquaman. Like 
I've always been an Aquaman fan. Like I know he's you know the butt of jokes and he's like oh Aquaman's lame, but you know I always kind of dug the Peter David run and some of the stuff before that, and I was really excited for uh, Jeff Johns to be writing him because I I didn't really like some of the things that happened to Aquaman in the Brighter Stay series, but I I was just glad to have him back and for him to have his hand back for one thing. But uh, like the first five issues, four or five issues of Aquaman have been like a lot of fun. Like I really enjoy that. But uh, like I would suggest that to people who would be like, "Oh, you read Aquaman? Ha <laughs> ha!" Like seriously, like check out Aquaman. It's a good book. Uh, for me, I, I, I'll just uh, accuse myself of being a grumpy old man because I so far I think the books that I like the most are the ones that didn't have too much continuity change. Like I've still been digging. Uh, you know, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, and, uh, you know, he's been doing his bit with Sinestro as a Green Lantern and everything. So I still enjoy that book. And then uh, I've been reading uh, Legion of Superheroes, um, which, you know, like I said, is not a real significant change from the previous, uh, you know, title or anything. So I'd say, like, those are stuff that that I enjoy. Um, I, I don't know that I've read enough titles to tell you whether there's been something that I thought was crappy that had, like, a a great leap in quality to awesome. Like what I can tell you is I I kept up with OMAC and I know that's being canceled. Um, but you know, for, for what it's worth, I enjoyed what I read of those comic books. Um, and then I kept up with, um, action comics and Superman pretty much. And I guess I looked at some of the issues of justice league, but I'm kind of behind on most of the other, you know, most of the other titles and stuff. So, um, I'm not sure if, yeah, I'm kind of hoping justice league is going to get better. But I don't, you know, now it's just kind of like, seems like the stuff where everybody buys that. Like, it seems like it's a great seller because, um, you know, I guess cause people like Jim Lee art and all that stuff. But I was hoping the uh, the story would get moving a bit more. But but on the positive note for that, like I like I said, I dig that that Superman's not a big pushover in it, you know, so. Um, like not knowing much of Resurrection Man, I couldn't tell uh for myself the question i'm about to put to you guys but uh is it pretty well defined what's been changed and what what remains the same or is it kind of learning as you go i think it's more learning as you go like yeah you know because it's not it doesn't like I, I like i said like green lantern and and legion seem to be pretty much the same old same old uh you know and then people constantly have questions about batman because it it kind of reminds me of when when they did the first crisis. Cause it's like, you know, it's like what's popular and sells seems to remain the same, but it's like Catwoman doesn't know who Batman is. Right. So like, that's something where that's clearly defined, but then you're like, well, so did hush happen? Did she just not know who he was during hush? Like, how does that work? And it's like Catwoman goes through those ebbs and flows, just like Lex Luthor will. Because it's like Superman and Batman sort of change, but not really, like, very much. But it seems like their supporting cast always gets, you know, whammied by it, if that makes any sense. Where you're like, you can clearly see the defined change between how Luthor was, you know, in the Silver Age, you know, in a purple suit and, and a mad scientist, you know kind of like super criminal and to being a businessman and the same thing with like Catwoman, where it's like, Oh, she was teaming up with Batman and went out with him on the weekends and, 
had dinner dates with him and shit. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now she's a fucking hooker who, uh, you know, like uh, <laughs> scratches people's faces and is a bull dyke, you know? And you're like, whoa, well, that's like different, <laughs> you know? And like in this reboot, it's like, okay, well, now it's like sort of, who knows? I guess it's kind of like an amalgamation of those things. But, you know, it's like, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's sleeping with Batman, but she doesn't know who he is. So she wants the bat cooties, but, you know, doesn't doesn't know what he looks like underneath the mask. At least, you know, I only read the first issue, so I don't know if that that changed or if that was a waste of time or whatever. But, you know, there's there's some other stuff like is in regards to like the Legion, because the Legion didn't really change. But some of the other stuff on the fringes of it have like, you know, Superman, Superboy and Supergirl. Like they've got like different origins now. So you're like, OK, like. Which which Superboy was hanging out with the league? Like right, you know, right. Like w- we've got a whole new Supergirl. Well, who was this previous Supergirl hanging out with the league? Like she was elected their leader. Like you know, poof, your brain explodes. Like yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna say Derek was like, is it kind of like the reverse whammy syndrome of like one more day where like everybody in Peter Parker's life is totally cool. They've had their mind altered. They're like, oh, it's Pete, it's crazy Peter Parker, and like Pete's always like. Oh yeah, now I get to bang Gwen. It's cool, yeah. <laughs> He's having to like deal with it, kind of. I don't know. It's just like the reverse. All the other characters are like, you know, oh yeah, Batman. I don't know who you are. And Batman's like, that's right. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really read the like the like said enough fifty two to really make a uh, comparison. So yeah, I mean, just to answer Brian's question, I'd say it's uh, you know play as you go or. or see what you know you, you see what happens from issue to issue and day to day you know type thing yeah well i know starfire was never a slut um <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> uh because I, I actually they they did all these funny um versus pictures on uh, cbr where they had like different matchups so like some of them were like oh suggest characters you know who have never fought one another before and like one of them was like Batman and Daredevil and you know they had a bunch of different suggestions but one of them was that was suggested was um was uh, Jason Voorhees versus the Teen Titans and if you go to CBR <laughs> there's like this funny ass picture cuz it's like all the Titans but they're in like camp counselor clothes and stuff by the fire and you see like Jason's like lurking in the background and basically like Beast Boy is sitting there like frying his hot dog saying like oh gee Tara suggested this is a great campsite but I guess she got the flu or something and couldn't make it you know like RDR <laughs> you know but if you look like you can see Dick Grayson is like in a camp counselor suit and he's got like the the short shorts and and then, like, Starfire's, like, right next to him with the short shorts, and he's, like, you know, putting his hand up on her, you know, on her thigh and everything. And I'm like, see, like, this isn't the Red Hood and the Outlaw Titans. This is, like, the old New Teen Titans, and she's still a fucking slut. So take that, you <laughs> fucking bitches. She's still a slut. <laughs> Once again, send your angry emails to fanalspodcast at gmail.com. I'm just saying, she was, she was always, like, look, like, that's the classic <laughs> image of the Titans, and the person could help but draw her like all uh, promiscuous like they're clearly when they get melded into you know friday the 13th land they're clearly the two that are going to be <laughs> screwing in the tent that jason's going to come in and do a double impale on you know like when that happens she doesn't I, I, even know who dick grayson is <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually justin i thought we had a special email just made for starfire hate mail at orange creamsicle at gmail.com <laughs> 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 mm-hmm, uh, good. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Oh man. <laughs> oh okay. Uh, but yeah, if you have had a chance to check out those number one issues, uh, as far as I can tell, yeah, me, Brian, and Mike, we all liked our first issue, uh, varying degrees, but no hate, nothing uh, negative. So yeah, check them out. Um, and like I threw out to Derek and Justin, or like he threw back at me, you know, we might get some uh, other random comics we haven't read yet and uh, give you our thoughts on those as the uh, fan holes trudges on into the awesome future we are entitled to. I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, or, uh. or like if, you know, if people are listening want us to like check out something they like, you know, they can feel free to email us. Totally. We have that crazy email thing, yeah. Now, we can feel we can yeah. feel free to ignore your suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> we may just do that. Um, we we will listen to your suggestions no matter how dumb they undoubtedly are. <laughs> we pretty much take the uh, robot council from Futurama on that silence. <laughs> we now return to battling seizure robots. <laughs> uh, we're gonna move ahead and onward and upwards, as they always say. Uh, we're gonna talk about our favorite live-action Japanese sci-fi fantasy show. Um, that is not Sentai. We have already done Sentai before, many times. Uh, Sentai, as you well know, is is pretty much Power Rangers over here. Let's not, you know, throw stones. It is what it is. As we've said many times before, Sentai is a little bit more serious in Japan. It's not quite as kiddy, even though it is made for kids. Ay-yi-yi, Tony. I know. Ay-yi-yi. But yeah, we're going to talk about stuff that is not Sentai. These are live-action shows. Believe it or not, Japan is its own country and has its own TV shows. Who would have thought? Nani? I know. Who would have known? But uh, but but so a lot of boy. these. Oh. I'm I'm dodging your thrust. <laughs> oh man. But uh, like like a lot of our shows that have sci-fi and stuff, like Warehouse 13 we're talking about, the uh, Japanese have their own uh, take on sci-fi and fantasy. So we're going to talk about those uh, various endeavors they have gone for. Um, I will not start off on this one. I want to kind of go in the middle. I will pick who has not gone first. I would say Justin has not gone for first. And since he is our Sentai, he is our Sentai guru, unlike Mike, who who is very, very very humble i i know justin is our sentai man so what is your show that is not sentai that you like in the japanese uh realm of tv this was kind of a hard one for me because i do like various shows like uh ultraman and common rider and stuff but uh i i recently watched um common rider double um which which is the common rider like two maybe three years ago and it was a really great series like it has uh like I guess each series, kind of like Power Rangers, has its own little theme, and Double has this theme of you know like two people combine and they form one common rider, and like each half of that suit has different powers or whatever. But it also has like this kind of like uh, I got kind of like a feel of like a hard-boiled like detective thing, if that makes any sense. I know that sounds like two weird things to mash up, you know like common writer like superheroes and like you know kind of a detective thing but it works really well and i really liked it like i really liked all the characters too like i would compare these characters these characters and the way they interact with kind of like the characters of like warehouse 13 because they have like this little family going on 
and like some of them start out kind of kind of in a bad place, you know, like how Claudia started out in a bad place. Um, like the additional common rider who joins, like he starts out in a really bad place. Like he's just all about revenge. But at the end of the series, he's like had this big character arc where he's like he's like joking around and he eventually gets married to one of the characters. Um, so like I know Derek's like, you know, common rider makes his head explode because you know it's like where do I start you know stuff like that. But I would really recommend common rider double like to anybody who wants to like get their feet wet in the common rider universe um like another series i just want to mention really briefly is uh space sheriff gavin um this is an old series from like the very early 80s and it's kind of back in the spotlight now because it's having a crossover with uh gokaiger like i think the movie actually came out today in japan as a matter of fact um i've watched like the first 15 episodes of uh gavin and it's it's a lot of fun but it's like it has the worst subtitles I've ever seen in my life because <laughs> it – I don't know exactly who was doing this, but it's like they just had like a basic grasp of like you know English or whatever because – Sounds like sounds like Hong Kong uh, English subtitles to me. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like some of the sentences don't don't even make sense, and it's like you can tell some of the some of the subtitles. It's like, well, this should go to this character, and this should go to that character, but it's just like one big run on sentence, and look, you have like a hyphen and like you know backspace, backspace, all this other stuff, and then you're like, well, did did, they, did these people not do like a quality check on this because this makes no sense at all? But uh, there's some other stuff too where it's like you can hear them say like. Uh, like Gavin has this attack, like a finishing move, and he's uh, it's called Gavin Dynamic. But then it's like you read the subtitles, and it's like you know Gavin the Chopo or something, and, and you're like, what? This? <laughs> wait, what? You, you clearly, clearly, you can hear him say like the attack in English, but it's it's a fun series. So like, if if you're kind of curious about you know Gavin and his crossover with uh, Gokaiger, like I I would suggest you know checking them out, and if nothing else, the Crappy subtitles will make you laugh. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I was gonna just let everybody know uh, I had expound on my hatred of uh, uh, Mast Rider. Common Rider is nothing like that, so don't be afraid. Yeah, just to let you know. Yeah. Very so much wait, like there's no power. there's no hot Asian mommies. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> well, but also no Furbus. So <laughs> there are like maybe not mommies, but you know like little. Teenage girls and so forth. Ah, I see. Like uh, some of the Sentai actor actresses show up, like uh, uh, Om from uh, you know Go Kai Pink. Like she oh, shows up okay. in one of the uh, uh, double movies, and oh, then okay. um, the Yellow Ranger from uh, uh, Decker Ranger. Like she shows up as a, a bad guy in one of the double episodes. So that oh, was fun. Okay. Um, awesome, excellent. Uh, I, like I said, I, I very much trust Justin's opinions on that, so definitely check out those two series. Um, I want to go with, I, I know Derek was kind of swayed to the Sentai side of the force with uh, Gokaiger, so he might have a good uh, reference. He especially likes other shows, but I know he already said the one that I thought he would pick is not the one he's going to pick, so what is your favorite show? Oh, we we don't. There are no secrets on fan holes. I, I, I'll, I'll, Tony Tony thought I was going to pick Cutie Honey, um, <laughs> or it's actually the the TV show is Cutie Honey the Live, um, which I I enjoyed watching. Um, I, I I will thank uh, Funkatron for having exposed me to that. 
because um, otherwise, without him, I would have never bothered to look at it. Uh, very, very beautiful, pretty ladies on that show, and uh, always good watching. Um, but uh, the the show I ended up, huh? Jigglerific. Yes, yes, it's jigglerific. Um, the kind of like Justin, you know, it's like it, this wasn't easy for me because I do dig stuff like Ultraman, so that was something that was like high up on the list or whatever. But um, I went with. Uh, it's a it's a series called Cell Phone Investigator Seven, but I guess like the you know Japanese name is uh, something like Keitai Setsuban Sibun or whatever. Like I can't you know say it properly, but uh, basically uh, it follows uh, a young uh, a young dude named uh, 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 Keita Amishima. Uh, and um, he's basically like you know a high school kid or whatever. But he, uh, he basically, it's kind of like, it, it kind of reminds me in a way of like a passing the torch thing, like with the Flash, because basically you've got these, uh, you know, investigator guys, and they're, they're paired up with these things called phone bravers. And the phone bravers are basically cell phones that transform into little robots and stuff. And it kind of reminds me of like something like where if Michael Bay was going to do a Bayformers movie, he could have just called it something else and people would have gone and seen it anyway maybe or whatever like because i was kind of like watching this uh you know kind of when i was going to school and and learning about like technology and different things like that and um you know it's basically like i i felt like i was kind of uh, at the same place with the lead character because he basically you know witnesses the investigator get uh you know, get killed or whatever. And then he basically sort of takes his place as, you know, basically the, the phone bravers partner. And then, you know, as he basically becomes more and more of an investigator, you know, he, he learns more stuff as he goes along and, and they're basically, you know, their main goal is to, you know, fight cyber criminals, you know? So it's like, it's always some kind of thing where the phone's like, you know, tapping into the, you know, computer systems and taking over things or like hacking into cameras or, you know, different things like that. And of course, there's other various phones from the past, kind of like how I guess I'd compare it to like something like GoldenEye, where it's like, oh, there's 006, you know, or, or like, you know, the, the, the lead phone, you know, the, the, you know, the lead phone is, is, you know, cell phone seven. So like cell phone, uh, you know, zero uh, one is like the bad phone braver. And he's kind of like the venom of the phone bravers or whatever, because he's like all kind of anarchistic and evil and stuff. And he doesn't really trust humans and stuff like that. And so like he's kind of got this funny little like hum where wherever he appears, he's just like he, it's this Japanese kind of hum where he's just kind of like do 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 do. <laughs> or whatever, like while he kind of like struts them off or whatever, and like it always kind of cracks me up. But um, it's I, I hopefully I don't know. I guess I'm not selling the show too well, but but I I really enjoyed the hell out of it. It's uh I think it's only like twenty something episodes, so it's not like a huge time investment. Most of them are usually around like you know I think they're only like twenty two minutes long or so. I don't think they're that long. Um, but uh, I I definitely enjoy the show, and it's kind of like you know it's kind of like a combination between you know, uh, fantasy and science fiction, but, but sort of cop drama in a way too, you know, cause they're like trying to track down criminals and different things like that. But, um, it, it's probably, you know, one of the, the series that I enjoyed the most that, that was not a, you know, a Sentai type series or an anime or something like that. 
cool, cool. Um, yeah, that actually is a show I've never heard of. So yeah, um, I'll probably I might check it out. I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I am I am uh, kind of flighty with my uh, Japanese programming, so I might check it out. I might not. It sounds interesting though, especially the do 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I'll go ahead and go next. Uh, I have two. One is kind of tongue in cheek. Just because it's it just makes me laugh, and the other one is actually more of a, a serious one. Uh, my tongue in cheek one, I'll go ahead and go with first. It's uh, Red Baron in uh, Japan. It was called Super Roboto Red Baron. <laughs> Basically, I got this because I think it was like Oak River Group or something like that, or the River Group. They released a horrible, horrible, horrible dub, and. It was just so cheesy. I enjoyed it. It's it's kind of in the same vein as Power Rangers. It's not Sentai though. It's uh. Let me look up the actual word. I want to get this right. I I probably won't say it right. Tokusatsu, which is kind of like Sentai, but not really. It it doesn't have the same uh, <clears throat> you know, five teenagers like or five like not even teenagers. Five people get superpowers and whatnot. Uh, Red Baron is more like uh, Mazinga, or uh, what? Do you, what do you have? You have one pilot that has a super robot, and he fights evil. the The dub is why I like it. It's just hilarious. It's so bad. It's just not well done. It just makes me laugh. And I really can't say anything else besides that. If you go to Walmart, you might be able to pick it up. I got this about a year ago, two years ago. So is that the the Mill Creek stuff, or is that Mill something? Creek? Yeah, no, Oak River Mill Creek. Yeah, yeah. Because I bought I bought some of those things like when they came to Mill Creek because they were they were a good value at least. But they do have those oh, yeah. fucking black paper sleeves. Oh yeah, I yeah. guess that's that you get what you pay for. But yeah. Oh yeah, you pay like five bucks for it. So I got I paid five bucks for it. I got forty two episodes. And I got, like, really shitty, like, you know, hey, my friend made this CD for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it is what it is. But uh, that's that's my kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek one. As far as actually a really good show, uh, Kikider, which is uh, – uh, let me try this one. I'm, I'm like you, Derek. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to say it right. Uh, Jinzo Ningen Kikaida, which is another tokukatsu uh, show. Uh, this one is kind of more in the realm of Common Rider in a way. It has the lead character who he has a motorcycle. He also plays guitar, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, I and, like and, I like that show. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's got a really cool tone to it. Um, he's actually a robot, unlike Common uh, Rider. He is a human, but he also has this super form where he turns into the Kakiter, and it's just really well done. It, it's it's not the greatest special effects. It was made in the seventies, so I mean, you gotta. I, I kind of love that it's made in the seventies. Like, I, yeah, I don't yeah, know what it is. Like, I love all that, <laughs> that kind of like real stuff where it's like you know practical squibs and stuff that explode, and it's not all you know CGI kind of uh, fake yeah. explosions in the background. Like, I kind of dig all that and the way he, um, you know, I, I like how he plays guitar to the bad guys before he transforms and like yeah. kills them and stuff. It's like he's gonna sing them to stop first, and then he's gonna kick their ass, you know. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's 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 got a very good. Uh, I mentioned this before. Warehouse Thirty. It's got a really cool atmosphere to it. There's definitely a. It has a very certain style to it. I think it's the best way to say it. And but it's really good though. I mean, like like I said, I mean, when I say this made in the seventies, some people may not like the uh, you know old school special effects. I'm with you guys. I, I love the you know, I guess you would say practical effects as you would call them now. 
it's like shit actually blew up, you know? I mean, it was right there. You didn't have CGI and stuff. And I really like the design of uh, Kakaider. He was this very asymmetrical robot when he uh, changed into his, uh, you know, super form. And I kind of dug that. I like that. that he wasn't, like, clean and, like, you know, perfect-looking superhero. He was the, they, they actually made a reference uh, when I was looking up uh, research. It was kind of a mix between Astro Boy and uh, Frankenstein. Oh, <laughs> huh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was, it, was, it was one of the same guys who uh, created uh, Astro Boy uh, worked on it, so... But, uh, yeah, I, I really like it. Uh, I've seen probably about maybe about 17 episodes, and there's, like, three series. I looked that up, too. I Yeah, I'm way behind on that. But, uh, yeah, I saw 17 uh, episodes of the first series. I've watched them on and off throughout the years because what really got me into it is uh, Adult Swim had the uh, anime version of it, which was a little more kiddie. It actually looked more like <laughs> Astro Boy. But uh, it kind of got me into it at first, and then I uh, saw that the you know he was actually a live action superhero, and I was like, oh, I want to watch that. I want to see if it's just as good, and it is very much just as good. So I would definitely uh, suggest uh, Kakaider. So that's my uh, pick. Red Baron, you can pick it up for five bucks. It's it's a good laugh. So <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I recommend it. I would just I would recommend it if you can get it for the that price I paid. If you have to pay more, yeah. Uh, I think the nicest thing I can say is fuck that. <laughs> Get it for cheap. Uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and move along. Um, not sure if Brian has uh, a chance to get his yet. So I want to go ahead and ask him, did you, did you get a chance to do your uh, favorite non-Sentai show? Um, no, I didn't. Uh, Cutie Honey was recommended as something I might like due to the uh, superfluous amount of you know hot-looking Asian Me- chick. Mikihara. <laughs> That's nice. an accurate prediction of my enjoyment of the series, but no, I haven't watched anything on by myself yet. That's no problem. Uh, I totally understand you. You've had Dude, some... well, you know we, we need to do another dare, and then I'm going to make all you guys watch Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, you motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've watched the like transformations on YouTube on a whim one night. That was fucking uh, oh, so like the little girl turns into like a cat or some shit. I she like I guess is later on. I don't know. It was like what the fuck. Anyway, yeah, but no, that's totally cool, Brian. I, I know you've been busy lately, so I, I I totally respect the fact you didn't have a chance to check out a show. Uh, what about you, Mike? Did you have a chance to delve into the world of non Sentai live action Japanese shows? Not really, no. But I I kind of have something I'll I'll mention, but it's kind of cheating in that it hasn't come out yet and it's a movie not a show so it's like double cheating but <laughs> with 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 uh Kenshin? yeah that's what i was going to mention yes there's there's, oh, there's, there's going to live action one wow it, there's going to be a live action uh Rurouni Kenshin movie in Japan and there's a trailer out and it looks pretty awesome it looks like you know they took the the OVAs and stuff and made it into a live action movie so you know, it looks uh, pretty cool, so that, I'll probably that seek that cool. out. Yeah, I, I will I would actively seek that. seek that out, yes. So, the live-action Drift movie, but he's not a robot. Exactly. I thought, I thought you were going to say, gee, <laughs> savior, for sure, Mike. Damn it. <laughs> That's got Tigatron in it. <laughs> the best Japanese animation made in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh god no <laughs> never 
Um, that's cool. Uh, yeah, some of us obviously are either more into it than others, or they just didn't have a chance to watch it. So, yeah, just check out the ones that you may have heard of. If you have no interest in them, that's totally cool. But uh, just remember, there is more to Japanese live-action uh, sci-fi than just Sentai. There, there's more to Power Rangers out there, folks. So I guess yeah. if, if people are um, like me about Kamen Rider and they have no idea where to start with, uh, with Ultraman... Uh, I might recommend uh, the the movie uh, Ultraman the Next or um, uh, Ultraman Nexus, which I would describe kind of like Ultimate Marvel Comics, but for Ultraman, if that cool. helps. So, and uh, anything else I would suggest, just because it's so different from people's perceptions of like something that's kind of like Sentai, is uh, our good buddy Funkatron got me into watching Garo. And Garo is more of a like action adventure uh, series with a lot of horror elements in it. And the basic idea of it is there's this guy who can basically transform into this uh, suit of armor, and it looks like well, like this isn't a word I use a lot, but it looks really badass. And basically, he hunts down <laughs> demons. And it's for like it's. If it was airing in the States, I would say it would be for mature audiences just because it has, like, a lot of horror. It's not overly graphic, but there's a lot of, like, bloodshed, and there's actually, like, quite a bit of nudity, too. But it's 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 really interesting I'm series. going to watch it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it has a lot of, like, really cool uh, fight scenes. Like, there's scenes where, like, you know, uh, the Gildan Garo Knight is fighting a Silver Knight, and they're, like, there's like debris flying down, and they're like running down the side of a building, like you know, clashing swords. Like it, it's really great. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I would suggest people pick these up on DVD, but I would imagine they're either really expensive for like the Japanese versions. I know Kikaider's not available in the U.S. as far as the dubs. So. Well, I don't know about the dubs, but I just ordered a, a big batch of DVDs. Um, for like what they used to show on Hawaiian TV, I guess. So I ordered uh, the first Kakaider set, and then I guess Kakaider Zero One or whatever. And you yeah, know, they weren't they weren't cheap, but they're they're on sale there now. So okay, they're, cool. they're they're available at least, so you can you can find them and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I know you said you know it's not just Sentai out there. There's a lot of good uh, live action Japanese shows. So yeah, don't be afraid. And a lot of them are really similar to Sentai. Like they may not have giant robots. They may not have five people dressed up in like primary colors, but there's, there's a little bit of the, you know, flavor there. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what you're saying that the genre that we seem to, for the most part, except for maybe the one I picked is all Tokatsu or whatever. So like, that's, that's kind of the, the realm that we were going towards, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, don't be don't be afraid to check out some new stuff. Gotta hang on to it. Fighting. Wow, my balloon is back. Um, we will move along and uh, go to something that I'm I'm really happy about this because I know Brian hasn't had a chance to really do a lot of research this week, which is nothing against him. I know he's been busy. He has a he has a kid. He's been studying to become like Fixing you know appliances left and right right <laughs> yeah his entire house is burning down as he really records <laughs> gremlins have been assaulting his kitchen appliances so he has but, to fend uh, I, them off but i know brian definitely has a uh, opinion on this so i'm gonna go to him first so i'm gonna go ahead and give him an intro though so he has time to uh rev up for it uh movies are of course very popular in america we love our movies we love what? going to theater i know right who knew 
Um, one of the biggest things is, of course, action movies, comic book movies, whatever, what have you. We like seeing people get their asses kicked. We see the good guy, you know, hit you so hard. <laughs> Go up that river. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, exactly. Action movies and comic book movies are just prime fodder for uh, video games, even animated movies, especially like Pixar. They throw out fucking shitty-ass games all the time. Anybody picks a Pixar movie game, I... I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the things about uh, movies <clears throat> that have a lot of action in them naturally translate to video games. Some of them not so good. We're not going to talk about those. We're going to talk about the uh, movie tie-ins with video games that actually were really good. That actually were like, oh, holy shit, this is what a movie game can be. And as Brian is one of our, you know, uh, we, we've been hitting the gurus this, this week, you know, we've been hitting the comic gurus, been hitting the Sentai gurus, been hitting. Stop hitting me, Tony. Stop. Ah! <laughs> Stop punching me. Derek, Derek's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Brian is definitely our uh, resident video game uh, guru. He's a avid gamer and I'm sure he has, if not a great pick, at least definitely a pick that you could play that is a good video like movie video game something that you actually would want to play so brian take it away sir well um for this topic i couldn't actually think of one video game so i thought of 20 instead uh <laughs> I, I think buddy settle in <laughs> I, I'll, I'll touch upon them all lightly and you guys can uh chime in if you've ever played these games i'm sure some of you have but um i'm to start off i mean i was trying to restrict myself to recent movie like tie-ins that were good and i really couldn't think of any so then i had to kind of go back into the past and once i started doing that it kind of dredged up a lot of games that i liked so um the 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 one that i wanted to highlight was aladdin for the super nes yeah that's a great game yeah um it's a side-scrolling game and uh the super nintendo version was made by capcom which is probably uh, why it has such high quality, but um, even at the time, it was like, you know, a, a really popular game, and it got really good reception from the critics. Uh, it's a side-scroller. There was lots of, almost like Prince of Persia, like, acrobatic stuff you'd be doing. You could swing off, like, um, buildings and zip line down ropes and stuff all throughout the level. They had all the music from the, the movie, which, you know, Aladdin has great music being a Disney film. Um, and, and the animation... And, like, quality of the animation was really high. So, uh, you know, that's just a tie-in game that I really enjoyed for the Super Nintendo. Uh, moving on, um, one of the best Spider-Man games out there, and again, this is also, like, a critical high mark. Um, I think it's one of the best Spider-Man games that most people think of, was Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I, I, I never got to finish that, but I totally, oh, for what I played of it, I totally agree. I thought it was one of the best web-swinging control games of all the shitastic Spider-Man games I've played <laughs> in the past and in the far future. So, Yes, aside from all the uh, retrieving lost balloons and stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, nobody's nobody's forcing you to go save those snotty-nosed kids' fucking balloons. You don't have but it's to. But like, it's like you said about DC Online. Like, if you see the guys getting beaten up by the gorillas, you're, you're like, like, oh, oh I, I gotta, gotta go, I gotta go like, help I that. Gotta go help I gotta go help balloon. that little girl get her balloon back. <laughs> I, I think the only thing about Spider-Man 2 that, like, I could be wrong. I don't know if it's the right uh, Spider-Man movie game. I just hated the fucking following the black cat thing. Was that that, that one? That was that was pretty 
Yeah, that was pretty, like, you had to, but that was, wasn't that Ultimate Spider-Man? That might have been. I think Black Cat was in Spider-Man 2 as well. Um, I was actually going to mention the balloon thing, but was that worse for you guys or, like, the um, Human Torch races? I didn't like the Human Torch races. Like, I I could, me, like, I, I could go save a balloon or not save a balloon and, like, not lose any sleep over it, but... I, I thought the human torch races were pretty. I just I just hate the fact that he like flying and be like you know hey Spidey I can fly a Mach two try to keep up and I'm like what the fuck dude you can fly. Well, whenever <laughs> he did those chases, like I would always sort of have to fail at them a few times and sort of memorize, you know whether it was Black Cat or or Human Torch or whoever it was. I would always sort of have to plot their trajectory so I could like out web swing them. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah. It, yeah, I sort of had to see where they were going first to sort of keep up with them. You know, I might be misremembering, but I think um, with the Human Torch races, you actually had rings to go through as well. Yeah, and yeah. Like, as good as the controls were for Spider-Man Two, like if you were at the wrong elevation, like you were boned. There's like no way yeah, like, yeah, you had to yeah. gain like twenty feet off one swing, and you're like. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not making it torch. I I always hated how the torch would like just stop and wait for you to get to the next point, yeah. and then he'd start yeah, going again, dick, and you'd be yeah. like, "Oh, what a dick!" Yeah, stop crueling, mock, crueling, yeah. mock. Oh, fuck you, Johnny Storm. Fuck. Well, you it's, it's funny in Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, the last Venom race where he, like I think like he has Silver Sable, and you have to like catch up to him. Oh yeah. And uh, like that one, I got totally lost, and then I ended up in his path again and that's how I beat it. It was like, oh, crap, I lost him. And it was like, the timer's running out, and it's like, Venom is escaping. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. And I'm like, oh, crap, where is he? And then, like, he he just flew right by me, and I'm like, oh, there he is. I must have intersected with his course or something. Mike's like, I'm in Cleveland. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah. He's he's totally like, hacks, cheater. <laughs> but, but, you um, but, but you know the thing about it is, though, Brian, I, I enjoyed the control so much. I had to beat Human Torch, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't really exactly a bad thing. It was like, oh, I want to beat this smug son of a bitch. So, I mean, it was kind of like a love-hate thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Kudos to you for actually completing it because uh, I got pretty sick of it. You know um, what happened to me? Like, I ended up losing a game save. So, like, we we got, like, so far through it. But then, for some reason, like, one of the game saves got wiped. And I never really had the heart to, like... Yeah, you know, at the time you're like, I can't go through 15 more levels like we just did or whatever. Like, I didn't, I didn't have the heart to start over from scratch. <laughs> I hear you come from. There have been games where like I'll put in like a two-hour session on them, and either it'll freeze or somehow I lose the whole save, and I'm just like, oh, fuck it, you know, and I don't ever play the game again. <laughs> yeah, just because yeah. I can't get over losing yeah, like yeah. that much, that much time. progress all at once. It's like, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, I better get moving. I, I still got quite a list to go through. Uh, another highlight from early, early gaming days would be Batman um, on the original NES. Uh, it didn't yeah. follow the movie super closely. Like, I don't think the gameplay um, had anything to do with the movie until you got to the end and you fought the Joker. But uh, the cutscenes were all, you know, based off the movie. But um, I don't know. Again, it was a very good game as a side scroller. Very good controls. It was doing a lot more than other side scrollers at the time. Uh, you had like tons of gadgets as Batman. You could do uh, like wall grabs to continually jump up like uh, I don't know walls where, where they were close together. You could uh, kind of climb from one to one to the next. Um, 
and it was um, it was just a great game for the NES. I think that's the first licensed game I'd probably uh, played in my gaming life, and it set the bar really high. And sadly, most licensed games don't live up to that. Um, from there, uh, I went on to Transformers Armada for the PS2, which isn't really based off any movie or anything, but it's based off the cartoon, obviously. Um, and it was like the first trans- good Transformers game I'd ever played, so that had to go on the list. I think, Did I, think any... it's, I think it's the first good Transformers game that anybody's ever played, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, did any of you, like, have Goldeneye on your list? Yes, that was going to be my number one. Okay, yeah. I won't. I won't say too much about that. I will. I will mention that one of my favorite things to do. Um, that was that was one of the first shooters I got into, and I think it was the very first shooter that I played that had like multiplayer built in. Um, so with my friends, like especially if there was someone that hadn't played the game before, I'd always con them into playing his odd job. I'd usually say, you know, oh, he's so small, you know, he's re- he's really hard to hit. <laughs> but but what they didn't know in secret was that uh, Odd ho- Odd Job's height was like put his head at the exact level of like your gun. <laughs> so you could you could like headshot him every time you ran up against him. So <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I'll just stop there and I'll see what what you guys pick because I don't want to step on anyone's toes. And I've, uh, I've I've I went through quite a few games. Um, I will just jump in real quick because you already named one. I, that, that was going to be my main one. Um, I agree with about the uh, Batman NES game. It wasn't a strict movie tie-in because it had a lot of characters from the comic and stuff, but it had a lot of cut scenes from the movie. And for the NES, it was just a really good Batman game. I like was just like, oh, this is fucking Batman, you know? So yeah, yeah that, that that game was on my list too. Like that's that's probably my favorite Batman game that I've played. I mean. Batman Forever was such a terrible game. It's not even worth oh, mentioning ever, but like to this day, like I can still sit down and play like Batman for NES. I mean, as you play it, it gets so hard, you just get so angry with it. But it's still a fun game to play. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah. That, that, no, I was just gonna say that. That's really all I have to say about that one. As far the, as the interesting thing, thing about Batman is, um, it's by Sunsoft, and whereas some of these other games like had a good like pedigree of a developer behind it you know i mean spider-man 2 was by treyarch and they're you know they trade off with the call of duty series and as i said aladdin was capcom but i couldn't really think of anything else that sunsoft had done besides like spy hunter for nes but i mean didn't they, i don't know they I'm hit all, it out all, part. brian didn't they do justice league task force like, like <laughs> did they bad? i don't yeah, know they so. actually they did um, actually, I think Sunsoft's the only other game that I really liked by them was uh, Master Blaster for NES. Yeah, that was a good game, but not mm-hmm. a, not a movie tie-in. So, but uh, yeah, but oh god, Sunsoft milked the hell out of Batman. They had like the Return of the Joker and the double Return of the Joker, and hey, Joker's back one more time, kids. And <laughs> they were just like, we made a good game. <laughs> But no, yeah, I, I have nothing but love for the uh, original NES Batman game. As far as anything else, I can't really think of anything else. Because uh, the only other tie-in game I could think of that really was okay was maybe... I, I don't want to really kind of go there because it's not that good of a game. <clears throat> it was like uh, the fucking... Uh, uh, Shit, it's like slipping my mind. Brain fart. I'll move ahead. Derek, pick a <laughs> pick a game. 
The game Brain Fart is my favorite game. No, um, <laughs> for uh, for stuff I played, like uh, I guess I guess since we're going through like lists of games, I'll just I'll just go down like and say a couple games or whatever. But like the one thing I wanted to mention, and I guess it's kind of coincidental because uh, Justin uh, sent us a link uh, where you can play the Light Cycle game for Tron. But I mean, as far <laughs> as like movie tie-in games, like I love the Tron arcade game and Discs of Tron. Like as far as you know, going to the actual arcades and playing with the joystick and all that kind of stuff. Like, I love playing with the light cycles, and uh, the tanks were kind of a bitch for me, but that's that's okay. And like, you know, but I was I was always pretty good at. I could do the light cycles. I could do the MCP, and then uh, you know, uh, you know, do the the recognizer stuff or whatever the other thing was, and then but the tanks kind of threw me a bit. Like that's the one I would always have a tough time with. Um, but, uh, and then Discotron was fun too. Cause you, you know, you'd start out on like, you know, one disc or whatever, uh, one little platform and one, another platform and fight the guy, you know, and move your little scroller around. And then he'd keep growing to like, you know, three discs and six discs and, you know, you'd block and jump across the different platforms and stuff like that. So I always really dug that. Like that would probably be my you know, the favorite of, of movie tying games for me. Um, as far as like other stuff I thought of while this topic came up, I mean, unfortunately I, I, I can't say that I ever finished playing the game, but I really did enjoy the hell out of playing the Godfather game when it came out. Like I liked how it was kind of a, you know, uh, a free roaming type game, you know, where you could dress up and, you know, it's like when you start out as kind of like a poor, you know, thug who does not work for the family. Like people don't take you seriously when you walk in the streets, but then once you start, you know, beating different levels and getting more fame and money and safe houses and things, and then, you know, you buy a suit for yourself, then, you know, people sort of treat you differently as you walk across the street and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I just remember having a lot of fun and that game was kind of entertaining to me. And then as far as other like movie tie-in games, I know you mentioned Aladdin and we're talking about Tron. I mean, sort of combining all those things. I, I do love the Kingdom Hearts series of games. And as far as I'm concerned, I was like, is that cheating? Like, I don't know if that's cheating. But to me, I'm kind of like it deals with all the... I, I you would know give it Disney a status, yeah. You know, to me, I'll it, allow it. It deals it deals with all the <laughs> Disney movies, you know. So I'm like, I've always, you know, I've always loved shared universes and crossovers and all that stuff. And it's got Captain fucking Jack Sparrow in it. So yeah, far. yeah. I mean, there's there's all <laughs> kinds of different like characters and stuff from from Disney lore and stuff like that. And then you know, I guess for people who are fans of Final Fantasy, there's all those different universes and characters that they get to uh, explore as well. So I, you know, I, I, and, and that's something to me, I feel more comfortable about saying that than Godfather because I've actually played, you know, Kingdom Hearts one and two and finished both games. So I don't feel like a, you know, poser for saying it, but then going, Oh, I didn't finish it. You know, like, so I feel good about that at least. So I've played cool. Godfather, but I don't remember. Did the events actually happen? Like, around the events of the movie was it's, that like it's kind of like funny it's like it's like the game is kind of like <sighs> it, it, it's like not real like because to win the game you become the godfather so it's almost like there's certain events like from the movie but it's more like you know how, how should i explain this if the game is called superman it's like you're you're kryptonian billy bob you know, and by the end of it, Kryptonian Billy Bob is running the Fortress of Solitude. You know, right. like, it's kind of like you're kind of like this, 
ancillary character who somehow becomes prominent because you're playing him in God, a video Godfather game. the Smallville edition. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, I've, I've played um Scarface. Uh, I think it's called Scarface, uh, The World is Yours. But um, it kind of took a different approach. And I actually forgot to even think of this game for this topic, but it's relevant, I suppose. Um, but anyways, in that game, you're Tony, but you survive like the assault on your compound at the end of the uh, the movie. So then you just continue like rebuilding your empire and kind of climbing back on the top. And it was uh, sort of like that the God. A, Go ahead. That was a bitch. That was a bitch for me. Did you play it? Well, no, because you're Tony. Oh. <laughs> ah, see what I did there? I Clever. You have the same name. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it took two seconds to think of. I know, right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, I enjoyed it because kind of like Godfather sort of ripped off the GTA formula where it's, you know, sandbox. Yeah. yeah. This was set in Miami, so you had, you know, lots of cool locales and nightclubs you could go into, but I did enjoy that. Oh, I remember the uh, the other one I was going to say because it was actually not a console game, but I played the fuck out of it in the arcade. The RoboCop uh, arcade game. I love that game. No one else played it. No, no, no. I, I played it. I liked it. I mean, it, to me, it was kind of like a side-scrolling shoot 'em up type thing. I mean, it was cool seeing the gun come out of his, you know, little uh, side leg holster and stuff like that. But I mean, ultimately, it was kind of like it was kind of like Contra, but with RoboCop. You know, like, I, I just like the sound bites. It was just, it was just. I don't know. I, I really like the RoboCop movie, so. Just hearing, you know, like me playing RoboCop, him going, "Get her alive! You're coming with me." I was like, "Yeah, I'm RoboCop." Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was like ten. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, what about, uh, what about you, Mike? Was it what's a video game that tied into a movie that you really dug? Well, as Brian mentioned, uh, I picked for number one at least. I picked GoldenEye because, uh, much like him, that's pretty much what introduced me to shooters. I mean, I played Doom before, but, like, I was never really big into it. But, you know, GoldenEye for N64 was just, like, you know, it was not only the first time, like, I, I really played, like, a shooter on a console, but it was, like, the first time, like, on N64 where you were, like, you could play with four people on the same yeah, console. Yeah. So that was, like, kind of a big deal. And, uh, you know, GoldenEye was uh, really fun and, you know, just the sheer amount of weapons and like the levels and uh i don't know it was just a lot of fun a lot of fun like friday and saturday nights with my friends like playing it like even you know tolerating the very small corner of the screen you got and whatever <laughs> but uh it, funny you <laughs> it, it's funny you mentioned that about odd job brian because we always used to have a rule that you couldn't be odd job because of his <laughs> height yeah because yeah. we were like, you know, because all of us were like, oh, well, you'll shoot over his head. But you, you, now that I think of it, you're probably right <laughs> that like it just the gun lines up perfectly with it. But uh, I I remember I used to I used to, my character always I used to pick a, I think it was Baron Semity or something. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. In whatever case, he had a top hat. 
in like mm. a a white like I don't know what it was like tuxedo top or something, and he had no pants on for some reason. So <laughs> I, I, I used I used to run around in that game shooting, yelling "No pants!" <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that that you gotta, that, you gotta that taunt was... your opponents. I mean, that's how it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that was always a lot of fun, and like I, there hasn't been a like shooter since then that's really captured like um the uh like sort of remote mine like gameplay and <laughs> yeah. stuff and proximity mines and all that like there has like there has been obviously shooters that have done stuff like that but it was really prevalent in GoldenEye and you know we always used to you know I know there was that one level where you start off in the air duct so like if you had if it was like an all mine game you'd always leave a like proximity mine in the air duct so whoever spawned there next would get killed by it yeah. but yeah. uh uh, Golden Eye is a game that, like, to this day, like, if my, me and my brother are, you know, visiting and we we have time, like, we'll still play it, and we'll usually play like proximity mines, or we'll play like you know rocket launchers in the facility or something. Yeah, the facility. Uh, I think that was it. Was that the one with the air duct where yeah. you started off and you ended up in the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was probably my favorite level. Yeah, in that game. Well, I know oh. a lot of hardcore gamers. Like they they've said like a million times over. If you took everything away as far as James Bond from GoldenEye, if you like said like, okay, it's not James Bond, you don't get to pick any. Like you could pick all the characters, but they wouldn't have the same names. The fact is, it still stands as a really good fucking game on its own. It doesn't matter that it's James Bond; it's just a really good game. Yeah, definitely. I I, I had a couple of, of uh, honorable mentions too. Uh, I also mentioned like the the Spider-Man movie games, excepting the parts where you had to find lost fucking balloons and stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I should say like the first two games. I didn't play the third one, but I heard it wasn't that great. So, but um, I also I also wrote down a uh, Star Wars Pod Racing, which I guess is sort of a tie-in game to like Phantom Menace for like N64. You know what? I'll I, actually get you, I'll give you a uh, secret brothers on that because I played the fuck out of that. Yeah, yeah that was too. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, like, I did. I did play Pod Racing quite a bit. So it was sort of like Mario Kart, but I don't know, more less goofy. But in I guess. the future, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Well, like, I love Mario Kart people. with Jar Jar. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you just got all and, the aliens who would buy like. <laughs> I just I just liked the fact that like if you you could actually explode if you crashed into something like at <laughs> that high speed and stuff that was just funny like you just didn't like sort of bounce off it like it was made of rubber or something if you like pancaked against a wall you exploded pretty much. yeah exactly <laughs> um I also wrote down a Power Rangers the movie tie-in game. I think it was either for Sega or SNES. I think they that had was... versions for both because I, yeah. I had an SNES, and that was kind of like a a clone of of uh, like a Japanese Power Ranger game. But then they kind of changed all the you know like the, the the sprites so that it was like the White Ranger and stuff like that. I think. Good. I just remember it like one it like one a level. Side scroller beat him up. Or... Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. a very good one too. Yeah, it was like it was like reminiscent of you know classic like X Men or the Simpsons game. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a fun game. Yeah, and I liked the fact that uh like there'd be a level where you'd be the Rangers fighting putties, then the next level you'd be like a Megazord to fight the boss character of that level and stuff, and like it would be like in a little city like backdrop and stuff. 
And yes. uh, you know that that was really fun. I, I, I the only reason I I really like ever played it was because um like we I had I remember one one summer I had to go to some cookout at some like one of my mom's friends whose like kids I didn't even know or anything and they were like you want to play like Sega or some Genesis and I was like yeah okay whatever <laughs> and they had that and we were playing that and I was like wow you guys are awesome you know you guys have a Sega Genesis I like you guys now but. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we are related. Um, <laughs> wow, it's it's funny how I realized we were friends the minute I noticed you had a game system. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the other two things I meant I uh, wrote down were arcade games. Uh, the Lost World, Jurassic Park, the arcade game. Um, that was a really fun like sh- shooter and has probably one of my most memorable moments in a video game ever where you're uh, driving up uh, in one of the Jeeps to the back end of, like, an Apatosaurus, and it's taking a shit, and you have to shoot it in the asshole (laughs) so it stops taking a shit on you. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. I'll have to link you guys guys to the video. Finished. But yeah, it's like some giant like sauropod or something, and it's taking a massive shit right in front of you, and you have to shoot its sphincter pretty much like enough so it stops shitting. And if you don't shoot it enough, the pile of shit stops your jeep, and then you get attacked by raptors. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's no time for shitting. <laughs> that's an awesome arcade game, and uh, in a similar vein, uh, oh, the I Star Wars. <laughs> I was gonna say the Star Wars trilogy arcade game. Oh, that which, Sega one. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. The the what do you call it? the one where like it had like the the mini boss battles with like yeah, Boba, with, like, Fett, Boba Fett and Darth Vader. Vader. Yeah. yeah, that that one is also a good like rail shooter, I guess they call it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, those are both very good arcade games. So. Yeah, I remember the the reason why I played through that game the whole way through and completed it was because there was some kind of special like company thing where they took us to uh, I think it was like a Dave's and Buster's, you know, and everything was you know unlimited. It was on the company or whatever. So I just took all the you know whatever it was tickets or tokens. I don't know how you I forget how you paid for it, but it was just like you know you I just took it and was like okay I'm just gonna sit here and keep dunking quarters until I finish this fucking game you know and that's what i did i just kicked because i was like oh it's on the house like i'm just gonna keep doing it so like i kept playing it and everything it was fun like i enjoyed it because most times like when i played with like my my own money it's like oh i might have finished like star wars and then gotten to empire or whatever but after a while you're just like all right this is enough money i'm gonna stop you know feeding quarters <laughs> to this thing now you know but since yeah, but, it was on the house i just said ah screw it i'll, I'll finish this Considering some of us have mentioned these games, I should uh, let people know who are younger who are listening to this podcast. At one time, you could go to an arcade and play a side scroller or shoot 'em up. You didn't have to just play a driving game or a claw game. So there actually were arcades that you could play these games at. I don't know, Tony. I don't think any fifteen-year-olds are listening to our podcast, so it's probably not a big deal. But, you, you, you never know. know. You never know. If you're if you're fifteen and then you turn eighteen, send all your lovey emails to. <laughs> Whoa! No, it blew my mind though because I went to uh, we had this place called Frankie's Fun Park, and we went there about uh, six months ago, and it blew my mind how there was like no side light scrollers, no uh, fighting games, no nothing. It was either a driving game or one of the various ticket games, you know, claw games or whatever. 
and maybe one or two like uh mike was talking about like you know uh you know gun shoot 'em up rail gun uh, yeah, uh rail yeah. shooter and i was like just blew my mind i was like damn i'm old fuck i remember like when you <laughs> could like play like you know soul caliber and you know right, like marvel right. versus capcom or that, so you know but you know hey you know the the, the, the times they are changing i mean whatever <laughs> uh but yeah uh some good uh suggestions so far our last person is going to be justin uh you already said batman was a good game what else did you uh, pick this uh, time sir uh basically like all the games i've picked have already been discussed but uh <laughs> yeah batman for nes is a great game like you know as derek said like i sent everybody that little link to the um it's like a recreation of the tron arcade game it's like a flash version like that was one I wanted to mention. Like, I can remember playing that, like, at an old bowling alley a lot, like, as a kid growing up. But uh, I, I had trouble, like, getting past the part where you had to, like, beat the three light cycles. But I, I really liked the movie Tron as a kid. And I can remember, like, just me and my cousin would pretend to be, like, you know, Tron and, you know, another guy. We'd, like, use a frisbee and try to kill each other or something. Um, Did the arcade <laughs> game have a roller ball, roller ball for that? Uh, usually it was like a knob where you yeah, like, yeah, turned yeah, it yeah. like full three sixty. Okay. Yeah, I, I know. I, yeah. yeah, I know. I've played some Tron game, but I'm trying to remember it. My memory's a little fuzzy. Because like there's there's discs of Tron, and then there's the the Tron arcade game. The arcade game had like the four different pieces where it was like you could choose you know which side, so where you sent the little, I guess your little ball to the you know, which side would determine what you would play. So, like, if you went to, like, you know, the left side, it would be you fighting the MCP, you know, so it'd be, like, a little dude who'd, like, shoot his discs out, and, like, you'd have... It, it was kind of like, um, like, reverse Tetris, almost, where you're, like, clipping away the MCP's, you know, little blocks or whatever before time runs out and stuff. And then, like, they, then they had, like, the light cycle segment where you would, like you know, race around in the light cycles and try to, you know, basically play the same game from the movie pretty much. And then uh, what there was like the tank game, you know, where you'd be in the little maze and that's where you'd use the little 360, you know, knob because you'd have to turn the tank turret while you moved it around with the joystick and fired your your cannon and stuff like that. And then um, what was the fourth one? I keep forgetting. It was Grid Spiders, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, okay, like yeah, 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 the, the grid spiders. So, like, you keep shooting those with your your discs and stuff like that. But then Discs of Tron was, like, the other game. It was, like, the, you know, you're basically, you know, one-on-one doing a, you know, a disc match on platforms and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like three pads. You had to keep jumping back and forth, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, yeah, the, 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 I was telling Derek earlier before we even started the podcast, I hate the fucking knob. The knob fucking killed me. I hate that fucking thing. <clears throat> was no good. <laughs> I'm no good at knobs, so I guess I'm straight. Um, <laughs> uh, send all your angry emails. To... <laughs> uh, we're, we're we're on a roll tonight. We get some angry stuff tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Justin, you were talking about your games. I, I, what what else uh, appealed to you as far as tie-in games? Uh, the only other two I wanted to really mention was. Um, Star Wars Pod Racing, which you know Mike already discussed, and Guildhall sixty four, which I already chimed in on. Like those are games that, like to this day, like if I still had a sixty four, like I think my brother took it when he moved, but uh, like I, I, we we would still play those. Like you know, like I said, we we still play Guildhall whenever we're around and we have the time. But 
uh, pod racing is something I would probably still play on my own, like if I had access to a 64. Yeah, yeah. The 64 was a very strange system. It had like a lot of good games, but it also had a lot of shitty games. So it was like one of those kind of give or take yeah. kind of things. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, all good choices. Uh, these are all actually good movie games. So I would, yeah, definitely suggest people check those out. I have um, a few to mention that weren't brought up. Uh, this is the uh, point of the podcast where we go with Brian's honorable mentions. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually kind of surprised no one mentioned any of the, like the Lego games, especially Lego mm. Star Wars. Um, that's I don't know. It's it's was it the first Lego game that actually came out? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Lego Stars was the first Lego game, and I will totally secret brother you on that one too. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I think those were I had the most fun playing those with a friend of mine because it's kind of like you know trying to do like synchronized swimming because there's the, the <laughs> bit at the end with like Anakin and Obi Wan, and like instead of fighting one another, you actually have to like synchronized like jump through the whole level, and if one of you dies, then it's like you know, you're fucked. Like, you have to start the level <laughs> over. So it actually makes... Like, if you were playing that by yourself, you would get through fine. it the first time. Yeah. You'd be fine. But since we were both playing it, you know, as a team together, it's like we just couldn't stop laughing because it was, like, so ridiculous. Because it'd be like, okay, we're doing it! We're doing it! We're doing it! Oh, oh, fuck! I fucked you up! I fucked you up! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? And we just kept laughing about that because it was kind of funny. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of that. But I guess because of that, it's funny. That friend of mine, he he ended up moving to Tennessee, but like he still tells me, like he's like, dude, I love those Lego games. Like, so I'm, I think he bought like you know the Indiana Jones one and like the Batman one, and then like I think I told him the last time I talked to him, I'm all, you know, there's a Harry Potter one coming out. He's all, Harry Potter, really? Like, kick it! Like he was all excited about it. So, yeah, I like the Indiana um, Jones one too. Do you like that one, Brian? I haven't played it actually. It's really good, actually. I actually really enjoyed that one too. Yeah, the them bringing back the co-op uh, was a great move, and uh, I don't know. I really hadn't seen that type of gameplay almost since like Contra, you know. And like Derek was talking, you know, how great is Contra, especially like you know the waterfall level, playing with a a friend sitting next to you and out jumping <laughs> them and killing them <laughs> by yeah. pushing them off the screen. I'm gonna fuck you, bitch. Here. <laughs> Well, it's cool until he starts stealing you guys, I guess. But um, yeah. other quick start. hits. Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to play it with my cousin a lot, and we'd actually get in fights when he'd start like stealing my guys or vice versa. I'd be like, "Wait till the next level, or wait till I continue, so we both come back." But he'd always steal my guys. Um, anyways, other quick hits I want to mention: like Terminator Two um, had an awesome arcade game, and it it was a shooter. Oh, yeah, and, that shooter game? Yeah. yeah, you basically got a gun, and it had feedback and stuff, so it rattles your busting off rounds. But um, I, I don't know. I've always thought the, the endoskeleton design was really cool. So basically in the game, all that happens is as you pan through levels, endoskeletons keep walking toward you, and occasionally, like, a truck will go by, and you can blow it up. You have but to, it like, had, shoot like, down all those, like, hunter-killer ships, too. Right. But it had, like... um like accruing damage, like you could blow off like Terminator's arms and stuff and they'd still keep walking to you till you took out its head or whatever. And I always just thought that was really cool taking them taking them apart piece by piece. Um, like the, when the Terminator just would like just like flip in front of you and you're like, oh shit, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well those games always have like, you know, cheap shit like that where someone just is right in front of you or chucks a knife and you have like no time to react. 
other quick hits I want to do, like speaking about the Bond series, um, moving on from GoldenEye, there's a game, it was out during, I had it on PlayStation 2, so it's out during that time frame, but it's from Russia with Love, and uh, it was a really solid Bond game. I didn't look up who made it, but um, they I know they got Sean Connery to come back. They got to use his uh, likeness, of course, and he re-recorded a bunch of lines for the game. Huh. And so, I mean, that's pretty cool for... Yeah. You know, a thirty, forty-year-old movie. Um, is, is it is it like Goldeneye? Is it like a side scroller or what? No, it's a first-person shooter. Oh, okay. um, it, you know, at the time it came out, first-person shooters was a lot more common, so it's kind of more run-of-the-mill, not like you know the best game you've ever played at the time. But it's still a really solid game, and you know, I appreciated the fact that they got Sean Connery back. Um, and then also, I wanted to mention uh, Quantum of Solace. Uh, which I had on PlayStation 3. But um, I think it got overlooked because, you know, and the big uh, shooters now are like Call of Duty and Halo. And if you don't have those titles, you know, you're pretty much overlooked. But it's also made by Treyarch, which I mentioned they do the Call of Duty games. So it was actually a pretty high-quality game. And I, I lucked out due to its unpopularity. I got it like at a bargain bin thing for like 10 or 20 bucks so definitely gem people out there can look up cool 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 um yeah uh as far as brian's recommendations he is a avid gamer so yeah definitely look up those games um if he says it's a good movie tie-in it's probably a good movie tie-in so yeah especially yeah especially the russia would love thing i didn't even know that came out so that's pretty awesome um a lot of good movie tie-in games we have talked about. Has anybody got any more or any other uh, honorable mentions? Or I will say that's a no. <laughs> End of line. <laughs> We'd like to know more. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, we'll go ahead and go on to probably the most reoccurring and stable part of the fan holes uh, continuum. We're going to talk about our awesome thing this week. This is pretty much where we just talk about something that's really cool that's going on this week that we really enjoy, really dig, uh, floats our boat, if you will. That's basically the gist of it. So I'm going to go with – I've already picked everybody first this time, so I'm just going to go at random with – I'll go I'll go clockwise. Let's go with uh, Derek. What's your awesome thing this week, sir? I, I don't know. I don't have anything. You don't have anything? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't have anything this week, I guess. Nothing's but, awesome. Yeah. Life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I hate everyone. <laughs> no, I was trying. To, I was trying to think of something, but I just, I, 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 I there, I, there I, are things that I received that could potentially be awesome, but I have not yet had the time to, uh, to look them over. So, what are you most looking the... forward to out of your there, there, there stuff you, you received? Uh, I, 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 I got the uh, Blu-ray for the anime movie Redline, so I, I would like to hopefully watch that hopefully this weekend sometime um it's like a, a it's a racing movie by madhouse so and cool. it just uh, i saw the trailer for it it looked really cool i sort of blind purchased that and and i hope that the movie is cool but i don't i don't really know if it's awesome or not because i haven't seen it so is it like a one-off thing or is it actually based on a recurring manga or anime uh, you know what? I think it's just a one-off thing, but I don't. I'm not a hundred percent on that. Like, I I know I, I'm pretty sure the movie's like about ninety minutes long. So, but I don't I don't think it's based on a manga. But I'm not really 
100% sure on that. It's something that may be cool in your world. Yeah, it, it could be cool. I don't know yet. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> you never know. Um, we'll go, like I said, I'm going to go clockwise with my uh, Skype uh, visual right now. So I want to go to Mike next. What's your awesome thing this week? Well, I've got something rather simple. Uh, it's, uh, I think, about two and a half months probably about three months before Easter hits. So that means, of course, that Cadbury eggs are back in stores. <laughs> and uh, I, I freaking love Cadbury mini eggs, and I think they're like my favorite candy of all time. So uh, I look forward to rotting my teeth out for the next couple months. Hey, you feel any cool. love for the uh, Reese's peanut butter eggs? Yeah, those are pretty good, too, but uh, what do you call it? They, they, they are strictly second banana to the Cadbury <laughs> ones. I, I don't know. i got to get Brian's back on that. I'm, I'm a big, big fan of uh, uh, peanut butter chocolate. So. I, I always look forward to like the marshmallow peeps. I love those. Those are also <laughs> good. I'm not a big sweets dude, but um, I do love peanut butter, and as far as like peanut butter to chocolate ratio, I think the eggs have the highest you know, amount of peanut butter, and uh, so... I always buy a ton of those, and usually I hide them from my wife because I don't want her to know I've eaten all six by myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good balance is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, do you ever uh, make uh, your peeps uh, fight in the microwave, Justin? Like little swords? That's peep torture. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Geneva convention for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Cadbury, that's that's actually a very cool, awesome thing. I would have not ever thought of that myself. So awesome. I sadly though, Mike, I'm not a big fan of Cadbury eggs. They creep me out because they look like eggs when you eat into the chocolate. They're like white and yellow. Ugh. I don't know. Just me though. <laughs> I'm weird that way. I can't help it. Uh, Brian, what's your awesome thing this week? Um, actually, this just recently, or maybe again, I've done this before, but I've been selling off a lot of junk, like uh, I don't know box energon and armada toys whatever and buying really cool toys to replace them using the money so this week i got uh i think it's from the botcon 2010 set uh it's turbo master scorch he's the yellow hound repaint um but unfortunately he didn't come with the shattered glass ravage who's like a white repaint but um i do dig the hound mold and this one's you know like scorch he's yellow with you know flames on his chest and whatnot so I've actually kind of had him substituting as, uh, you know, Junkion Detritus, or however you pronounce his name. The uh, I think uh, Forever Young from the web, or, you know, from Bot Talk actually created the character in a contest. But uh, he's been my stand-in for him, and I've had him kind of just hanging out with some other Junkion motorcycles. So I've been really happy with him. Cool, cool. Always good. Always love a little bit of toy love on the uh, Fan Holes uh, podcast. Um, I, I guess, yeah, well, I guess I could go next. So I am going to go with my awesome thing this week. And it's not going to be that awesome. Unfortunately, I, I'm kind of like Derek. I'm like scampering for like, you know, cool things to, uh, talk about and, uh, whatnot. Uh, basically I, <laughs> this is going to sound so lame. I watched a really funny, uh, video on another website. I will name him by name instead of uh, the website because I want to give us views. But uh, The Last Angry Geek, uh, he's a guy who uh, does uh, comic reviews and stuff. And he did a riff tracks on a horrible, horrible, uh, 
I guess you would say self-help video from like the 40s or 50s called Why Shouldn't You Drink at All? And the funny thing was is the riff was really funny, but the video itself just made me laugh because they were like, not just like, oh, you shouldn't drink and drive, or you shouldn't drink to excess. They were just like, you shouldn't drink at all. <laughs> Drinking is horrible. Was oh, it kind of like like reefer madness or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you, if you drink one, you know, glass of beer or like take one shot of alcohol, Satan's gonna take all your family and you'll go to hell. And <laughs> I, I, I hear uh, I hear absolute makes you pregnant if you take a shot of it. So. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I'm dead like a thousand times infinity over or something. Right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> And yeah, but that's that's the thing. It made me like laugh so much out loud. And like the the riff track that he did, it wasn't really riff tracks. He's not part of that uh, website. But the uh, riffing he did was actually very funny. It was a uh, good and uh, well timed comedy. So uh, if you look up on Blip, uh, Last Anger Geek, like I said, Blip is what we uh, post some of our stuff on. So I don't mind uh, pimping that. You don't have to go to the website that he is on. But uh, yeah, check out Last Angry Geek, and uh, I, I think it's really called like "When to Drink." <laughs> so, What's it feel like to have uh, condemned your family to hell repeatedly, Justin? Is that a good feeling? <laughs> I think I think the way it works is is it's like every other drink. Because then it negates it, so <laughs> you're just gonna end on an even number. Yeah, yeah. So I think Justin's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like Star Trek. As long as you're on an even number, you're good. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, yeah. It was pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, of the, amusingly enough, that will bring us to Justin. So, what's your awesome thing this week? I got um, Godzilla rates again on DVD. And this is one of the Godzilla movies I've seen maybe a, just a couple of times. Like one of my buddies used to have it on VHS, but he ended up like losing that tape a few years ago. But uh, I managed to get the, the DVD for like six dollars, I think. It was on sale. Nice. And um, like it, like I remember as a kid, like some of those nighttime battles between like Godzilla and Angulus. Like you, it's kind of hard to make out what's going on. Um, but it looks really great on DVD. Like I can kind of make out, you know, I can make out exactly what's going on now. And the cool thing is, it has the the terrible English dub, but it also has the Japanese uh, subtitle version. Yeah. And I, I watched the sub version, and it was really great. I haven't had a chance to watch the the dub, or it also has like a, uh, a commentary from some you know Godzilla expert. Like yeah, I haven't had like time those, to watch that. Those historian commentaries. They're kind of like those. The Twilight Zone ones, you know, sort of, mm. like, where they just talk about, you know, different, uh, you know, like who made what and what was going on in the studio and stuff like that. Like those, I, I have you ever listened to any of those other commentaries on the other Godzilla DVDs from? Uh... Um, yeah, I watched the one for um, Ghidra, the three-headed monster. I yeah, was so it's kind of it's kind of similar to that one, you know, like okay. how they kind of go through like, oh, you know, uh, you know. What's his face? Subaraya, you know, was doing such and such in 1903, and you know mm. that kind of thing, like where they talk about the different stuff. I was happy when I finally saw that movie because I was like, "That's why Godzilla's trapped in ice at the beginning of yeah. King Kong versus Godzilla." I'm all. 
Continuity. <laughs> Continuity, motherfuckers. That's cool. Um, yeah. Um, six bucks. I, I can't really beat that. So uh, if you see it on DVD, probably gonna pay more than Justin. Just deal with it. Um, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, some good, awesome stuff this week. Except for Derek, whatever, man. <laughs> I don't know. Red Red Line might be off, but who knows? I might watch it and go, "This is the worst piece of blue cupcake crap I've ever seen in my life." So I don't want to. I don't want to commit to it, you know. Yeah, I understand. I understand. As long as at some point they may say like, "So cold, so freezing," I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe there'll be you... a bunch of racers with their heads cut off as they, they <laughs> race through the stratosphere or something. Were you interested in it just because it's a racing anime? Uh, I, mainly it was because somebody posted the trailer on some, I, I forget where, but I, I, I saw the trailer on a website somewhere. They were just like, oh, there's a new anime coming out. And I go, okay. And like, I think they said something about Madhouse. So that sort of attracted my attention. And then I just watched the trailer and thought the animation looked really like pretty. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. I think people have been describing it as like a modern edgy speed racer do you know what i mean like kind of like a, you know yeah, like a... i really like the trailer as well it did look really slick i might check it out eventually too yeah so i just figured you know what i'll i was like you know what i'll just give this the benefit of the doubt like you know every once in a while i do that and it's like oh well you know like you know if it's good it's good if it's not it's not but uh i just i it, like i said it was kind of a blind impulse buy which i i have not done too much uh, recently Mm-hmm. So like an edgy speed race, they'll be like, "Oh, motherfucker!" Yeah, oh, <laughs> bitch! <laughs> oh, fuck Trissy in the no. fuck Trissy in the backseat of the car. Oh, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, extreme!" <laughs> the Mach Five didn't have a backseat poser. <laughs> it had a trunk though. <laughs> yeah, with Chim Chim and Spritel in it. <laughs> what an interesting four way that'd be. Kick those assholes out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all chim chim you can be my pillow <laughs> hang on speed we'll get out no <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like chim chim and spriddle like hugging each other in the corner of the trunk like shivering <laughs> Some uh, Brian uh, pointed us out to us, so I will let him read it to us. What did uh, our good friend Deke have to say this week, sir? All right. Uh, Deke Winsome writes, Love the G.I. Joe episode. This is what I want to hear from fan holes. Your views on all the iterations of G.I. Joe were a great listen. I remember getting sucked into the Joe comic about the time of the Snake Eyes trilogy. I read it almost until the end. As far as licensed comic goes, I think I think it's the gold standard. Anyways, I think you guys covered about everything, and I learned a few things along the way. This podcast just keeps getting better and better. Keep up the good work, guys. Well, thanks, Deke. We appreciate it. It was no Star Wars episode, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're just kidding, Deke. Uh, thank you for the uh, lauds and uh, appraise and 
Mm-hmm. We definitely appreciate you uh, giving us some uh, good feedback. Um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what uh, he learned, though. That's kind of like, a, you know, like, hmm, what did you learn from the podcast? He, yeah. he learned that you can toss uh, naked snake eyes down some stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that it makes a great game. It's a great game. It's hours of fun. He learned that's how Snake Eyes got disfigured. Get your naked snake eyes. <laughs> Throw them down the stairs. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. Uh, but no, no. Seriously, thank you. Thank you, Deke, for uh, sending us your email. Uh, yeah, thanks, Deke. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to send us emails, just like our good friend Deke, you can send them to uh, fanholspodcast uh, at gmail.com. We always are willing and able to listen to whatever you have to say. And just like we said earlier, hey, if you have a comic you want us to read, have like a TV show you want us to uh, watch, we will gladly do that. Will we do it? Depends. But we'll listen to you and think about it at, at, at the very most. So, but uh, but yeah, we like feedback. We like people telling us uh, what they think about the show. We also have a Twitter. Um, just jump on there and tell us what you think. We also have a face uh, Facebook page. We are always willing and able and ready to give feedback to the fans for giving feedback to us. We love hearing from you guys. Comments, criticisms, praise. This is a really good praise thing. We don't usually get praise. You're just like, ah, <laughs> what the hell happened? No, just kidding. That um, email is my new awesome thing this week. It is. Yeah, that is a pretty awesome thing. So thanks, Steve. <laughs> that, thanks, yeah, Steve. That, that, yeah, you 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 you've lift us up. Anyway, um, but yeah, we definitely uh, appreciate everybody listening to us. Uh, we are coming up soon on a year long run. Don't know what we're gonna do about it yet. Just thought I'd bro- throw that out. We'll figure out something to do special for that podcast. Not gonna give anything away on that. But we are coming up on a year on fan holes. We appreciate everybody listening to us. Everybody giving us their support. Thank you so much for uh, listening to the fan holes. And I, I think we're about done this week. Uh, anybody else got anything to throw out there? Deke, you raise me up so I can stand on my own. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think that's, that's about it. I think that's it. <clears throat> I, I think and silence. And gone. <laughs> Um, until then, we will always strive to bring you more interesting content. Uh, Derek's already got a couple of uh, history of comics on film. He's already told you about those. Those should be coming out uh, probably already by now, by the time this podcast hits. Um, Justin is also working on his uh, retrovirus. Um, anything new to report on that? I know you said last time you're still working on stuff, still about the same thing. The second installment of the my look at the Tarzan series of movies has been posted, and the third installment should be out uh, within the week. But you know, by the time you listen to this, it'll all be out. So if you haven't taken a look yet, uh, please do. Hey, Bo Derek, that's all I gotta say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate you guys listening to us every week. We will again, like I said, give you new content every time you listen to us on the weekly basis. So until the next Fan Holes podcast, I remain Tony Chainclaw. And until then, here's everybody else. Give them a shout-out, guys. Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. It's Mike Thunderwing, and find your own fucking balloon. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a space giraffe of Grimlock. We'll see you next time on the Fan Holes podcast. Brian! Yeah. (laughs) 
War. <laughs> Death. <laughs> Plague. Pestilence. <laughs> Strife. Oh. 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 I just put my Bane mask on. <laughs> the Venom. <laughs> I just What's called Venom? Like that, that BBC recording when like uh, when Azrael finally like cuts him off from the Venom. He's like, No, the Venom. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that cast recording.